You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show on 610 Sports Radio. Call us at 913-576-7610 or tweet us at 610 Sports KC using hashtag AP610. Here's Mike Wicket and Editor-in-Chief at ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. It is a final from Arrowhead Stadium, 45-10. to 10. If you hadn't watched a good ass-whooping in uh, a while, that was it right there. And as you just heard, we want to hear from you. I have a feeling there will be some happy people leaving Arrowhead. If you are leaving Arrowhead, we have lines open, 576-7610. You can also text in at 69306. That's 69306. Ken Swanson joins us from ArrowheadPride.com in studio as well. Uh, Pete, 45-10, to 10, the final score from Arrowhead. Not only was it 45 to 10, I I said this before we went on the air, this game was over with 20 minutes of game time left. Yeah, we were kind of bored. You were asking (laughs) me at halftime what I wanted to see from the Chiefs, what I haven't seen from the Chiefs before. It was going out in the second half after dominating the first half and just stepping on their throat, Mm -hmm. and they did that tonight. And to me, it, it just was another example that, yes, I mean, I don't know how many confirmations you need. You have a legitimate star in your young 23-year-old quarterback. Kent, 551 total yards for the Chiefs, 239 for the Bengals. Couldn't draw it up any better. I mean, just (laughs) on both sides of the football, a get-right game for the defense. The offense goes out and continues what they did in the second half against the Patriots. Fantastic night all around. It's it's absurd what is happening right I mean, now in Kansas City. I think we all expect, most people probably expected a Chiefs win, right? Yeah. But no, and that's why sports is, it never fails to amaze me. Nobody saw this. No, no, nobody. Saw, I don't care who you are. I mean, we said on this show, it feels really, I mean, Kent and I, I don't want to, I don't want to say that we assumed it was going to be 45-10, but we said on this show, it, it feels like a mismatch. It really did. And, I think a lot of times, and this is weird in Kansas City now. I mean, I've only been covering the Chiefs now four or five years. Before this season, you would have these feelings prior to games, and it would feel like it never came to fruition. I felt like the Chiefs would come out and dominate tonight. I, I didn't I, I didn't know what the exact score was going to be, but for the first time ever, it feels like you're, what you're seeing is coming through on paper for this team. A lot of, a lot of games are going to feel like a mismatch moving forward because in most cases, you're going to have the best quarterback in the game. One point I want to make before we jump into phone calls, and we will do so very shortly, is this. I know it's still the regular season, and I know the Chiefs and Andy Reid and this organization has a lot to prove when it comes to the postseason. That being said, this is a team right now led by Patrick Mahomes and an offense led by Andy Reid that reminds me of the great teams like the New England Patriots of old and the Peyton Manning-led Colts and the Peyton Manning-led Broncos where 
you're going to have a team like on a Sunday night like this, you're going to have to come in and play perfectly to win. Like Remember when the Chiefs had to play perfectly to beat the Peyton Manning Broncos and it was so hard to beat that team? That has been switched. You flip the switch, you, fl- you have flipped the script now, and that is you. You are becoming that team. And I-, I said it last week, they're not infallible. They lost last week to the New England Patriots, but most weeks you're going to have a target on your back because everyone is going to want to beat this team. You are now, like if, you were, if you're a Breaking Bad fan, Reminds me of that scene where uh, his wife is all scared, and he goes, "I'm the one who knocks." You're the you're the <laughs> it team now. They've I, got the three and four bro- uh, uh, Broncos coming up. Then they've got the Browns, who are two and four. Then they've got Arizona, who is one and six. These next three games, I mean, if this was a, a team that people thought was pretty good, not great, but good. What are they going to do to the Broncos, Browns, and Cardinals? Anytime. <laughs> Five, seven, six, seven, seven, nine, eight. We lead off with Brad and Lenexa. Hey, Brad, thanks so much for calling. Hey, how are you guys? Doing all right. Hey, Brad, do me a favor. Turn your radio down. So, hold up. You know what? It was hard for me to be a believer because... I've been a Chiefs fan for a long time, mm-hmm. but I am a believer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You, want, you you drive home from these games and you're just like, where do we go wrong? You know, <laughs> we are we are there. We are going to be okay. And to say we're going to be a Super Bowl team, can't say that because you can't say that. But I am a believer. I'm all in on the Gibson Chiefs. You're all in. Brad is all in. Hey, thanks for the phone call, man. Appreciate it. Five seven six seven six ten. Dan and KCK. What's up, Dan? Hi, Mike. Hi, Pete. That was a dominant performance. Offense, defense, special teams. And uh, I tell you something, it was too bad Von, Von Best perfect got hurt. Got hurt but I tell you something, he didn't push the Chiefs around like he did the Steelers around. Let's take care of the Broncos. Take care of yourself, guys. See you, Dan. I think the NFL is going to find Kareem Hunt for hurting Vontez perfect on that play. Because he, <laughs> what he did to that man's knee twice was just not fair. I always say this about players and they get injured. Yeah. Like, remember when Derek Carr got injured and you're a Chiefs supporter? That's not the way you want to win, and no. Derek Carr's a nice guy, and he couldn't go the season, and the, and the Raiders kind of got a little screwed in the playoffs because of that. And like Connor you, Cook was their starter. Right, you just you and you don't want to win. Like you hate the Raiders all you want, but you don't want to see them go down like that. When this guy gets injured, I don't feel bad at all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Let's go right back to the phones. We got lines open. We got lines ringing. We want to hear from you. Five seven six seven six ten. Sam, you're next up on six ten Sports Radio. What's up, Sam? Yeah, we knew the offense was fantastic, but how about this defense? I mean, if they play, keep playing like this, Breland Speaks even looked good tonight. Dorio and O'Daniel looked good. The secondary looked good. I mean, this was an awakening for the defense. That's what I'm most excited about because we knew Patrick Mahomes and the offense was there. But that D, my God, I think we got it. I don't know what else anybody has to prove. Um, they've, they, you know, they went on the road and, and they beat Denver. They went on the road or came back home. They beat Jacksonville. I don't. I don't want to belittle what Sam says because their defense was amazing tonight. Cincinnati stinks in prime time. I, I get it, but I don't want to make excuses, so I can't say Sam's wrong. You know what I mean? Like, anybody, everybody beats Cincinnati in, in, in prime time. They are terrible. Andy Dalton sucks under the lights. Yeah. I, I, Andy Dalton sucks that's at true. noon sometimes, <laughs> that's too. True. But you, what, you ha- what you only have is the opportunity in front of you. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can only take what what they were able to do, and I mean, so You're far, right, so right, right. so far this year, they've had now two really good games. I would say good games, and it was against the Bengals and the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
I think the Bengals offensively are a little bit better. So to me, I'm happy about that if you're you're a Chiefs fan. But I I still need to see a good defensive performance about one of these teams who is certainly going to be a playoff team. I know the Bengals are four and three now. I'm not 100 percent convinced they'll be even be in the playoffs. Yeah, I I have no idea, but they'll probably wind up being nine and seven. Marvin Lewis will keep his job, and they'll do it all over again. You just feel bad for AJ Green because he's an amazing talent that has been wasted in that city for for with that quarterback. Sam, thanks for the phone call. Well, he's AJ Green was half the offense for the Bengals. <laughs> like, and, and at one point, Andy Dalton had 111 passing yards, and AJ AJ Green had 110 of them. It's amazing. <sighs> Don't sleep on Driscoll four for four for 39 yards. Do we have a Wait controversy? The Is there already a quarterback? Wait we have a in the wings, baby. Uh, five seven six seven six ten. Chester, you're next up on six ten Sports Radio. Hey, Chester. Yes, sir. They changed the twinkle twinkle little stars into triumph triumph. Winning stars, prime time, showing it up, back-to-back prime time, coming back off of a loss, uh, restoration to the max, coming back, uh, showing the 45-10 to 10, all the way around. This, this right here, uh, confidence comes by results. And you can, you know, shine brighter, and you can talk louder, nonverbal, when you what? Get production to back it up. Oh, yeah. And this, you know... This is what it's all about. You know, you're inspiring people. You're motivating people. That's right. You're giving people, you know, to show up Monday morning. Mm. Where have you been? Mm. You said, well, we've been on a winning experience. There's oh. a time and season for every winning purpose. People be talking winning. Yes. Looking winning. And this is what it's all about. It mirrors life. You know, team in the family, family in the team. But what we all need is what? This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Even the preacher got to have something to preach about when it's concerning winning. God bless you. Yes. Look forward to the next game. Keep up the good work. Preach, Chester. Amen. Preach, Our Chester. savior, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> As always, good to hear from the preacher. Chase, you're next up on 610 Sports Radio. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yo. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, this is Chase. Um, man, just left Arrowhead. Holy cow. What an electric atmosphere. You know, uh, I tell you what, it was a heck of a ride out there, really loud, and I was next to some Bengals fans walking into the gate, and they started talking smack, talking smack, and I said, all right, guys, let's just see what happens, because I, I guarantee you, you know, Andy Dalton <laughs> will show his true colors in that first drive every time. If Andy Dalton comes out and produces, all right, we might get into a showdown. We might get into a little bit of a shootout. Nope, nope. Andy Dalton shows his true colors every time. Goes out there, three and out. What do we do? 95 yards. 95 yards down the field. Kareem Hunt, keys of the game tonight. Holy cow, showing out, looking great. And from there, you know, it, was, it wasn't it was a surprise that we just – it was a beatdown. It was a beatdown tonight. Love the resilience once again. Love the resilience once again. Uh, you know, after, uh, after a loss last week – Somebody, somebody turned your radio up in the middle of this call, Chase, because they wanted to hear you talk on the radio, because now we're here to come back, man. I know. I, I apologize, guys. Uh, but, you know, to bounce back after a loss in Foxborough on Sunday Night Football and then to come back here in Arrowhead and really just, you know, lay it down. You know, we know that the Chargers won today. The AFC West was, you know, it, it's getting tight. Joey Bosa isn't back for the Chargers yet. 
And we, we know the Chargers are a good team. And uh, come December, Ring of Honor night, when, when Tony G gets in, that's going to be a, good, a big game. And to see us come out and show that resilience tonight, see Pat Mahomes, you know, he, he looked great tonight. Um, you know, I just want to give a big shout-out to the defense. Um, you know, last week I called in. I was like, we got to make a move before the trade deadline. Let's go after Patrick Peterson. And then we see, uh, we see that the owner of the Cardinals say he's off limits. And we see Brad Beach saying we're probably not going to make a move. I, I was pretty disheartened. But then we come out, we show out. Our defense looking like it's meshing. Justin Houston's out. Eric Berry's out. Hopefully we get one of those two guys back for the playoff run. But I'm starting to feel more comfortable about it. You know, I do. I've got faith in this team more than I have in the past. You know, I feel like Patrick Mahomes is the real deal. You know, it's great to be a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs right now. It's great to be a Kansas City native. Uh, you know, I appreciate all you guys do. I appreciate the crowd of and Your phone's kind of breaking up there, Chase, but we will rack you for sure. Don't you worry, my friend. I don't know if one game's going to convince everyone you don't need to make a trade, but on defense, it's nice when you got guys doing things like this. 98 yards, less than two and a half seconds. And Golden gets that one. And about two and a half seconds intercepted at the 34-yard line. Ron Parker, a free ride to the end zone. That was pretty much when the game was over in my mind. That was that was it. Yeah, I mean, not like I ever really thought the Chiefs were in jeopardy, but that was it when Parker had that pick six. Got to hand it to my guy, Bob Sutton. That guy can coach a football team. Puts him in position. That's all he has to do. Never a doubt. Never a doubt, Peter. Beth, you're next up on 610 Sports Radio. Hi, Beth. Hey, yeah, it's Beth. You know, I have a little bit of a different opinion than Chester. You know, I'm on my way home from the game right now, and I don't have my head held high. I kind of feeling a little down in the dumps about the Chiefs. I I I know we're winning, I know we're six and one, but I just feel like Patrick Mahomes is maybe not the real deal. Why do you say that, Beth? Have you been drinking since six AM? I just feel like maybe he just you know, I, he's always smiling. I don't understand what that is. You know what I say? I say bring Jared Allen back to Kansas City. All right, Beth. That was an excellent call. <laughs> Thank you for that, Beth. My night has been made. Even at light. You know, I like that. Boy. Uh, okay. <laughs> Jared Allen retired on a horse, so he would if he were to come back, right. he would have to get back on the horse and come back into the frame. That would be the first step of it. It's game number seven. Yeah. And Patrick Mahomes has tied the touchdown pass output of Derek Carr, Cam Newton, Case Keenum, and uh, apparently he's not good at football. But um, he smiles. He's not the real deal. He smiles. I, I will say, if he, she if she's critiquing his touchdown dance ability, he's right. not the real deal. All right. Okay. Se- seven games into his NFL career, is there even a close, like, is there anyone close to him as famous a person in Kansas City right now? I don't even think there's anyone even remotely close. He's like, like, all right, let me, if George Brett, it's and, Mahomes. And Mahomes walked into a bar right now. Mahomes. Mahomes. If Joe Montana and Mahomes walked into a bar right now. Mahomes. That's a little closer. If nah. Bo Jackson no. and, and Pat Mahomes walked into a bar right now. I think Patrick Mahomes is the most famous person in Kansas City, and it's the only person that's close is his head coach. So, I, I don't even think it's that. I don't. I don't think it. That's, I think there's I, enough. There's enough backstory in history with with Andy's right. teams blowing it. 
if it's Pat, Pat if Pat Mahomes and Bill Self walked into a bar right now, <laughs> that's a good one. Too. All right, if Pat Mahomes and Bill oh, Self, wait, you got to you got to take into account half the Mizzou fans, so they don't care about Bill. Self. If if Pat Mahomes and Bill Self walked into a bar west of KCK, <laughs> 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 right? they met on State Line Road, right in the middle. Five seven six seven six ten. Let's go to Michael in Kansas City. Hey, Michael, Chiefs win. 45 to 10. Hey, I knew it was going to be a winner for us tonight, you know. Arrowhead, you playing us. We go hard at Arrowhead. You know, like, watch out. Do not play us at home. And, you know, I'm, I, on a real note, I'm starting to learn third down conversions because Mahomes gets it done for us. Like, he really does. He gets it done for us. And I appreciate Mahomes. I appreciate all the D that showed up. You know, Parker, nice pig. I mean, put us in there. I mean, damn near stood it for me. And, I'm just grateful to be a Chiefs fan tonight. Hey, you have yourself a great night, Michael. Thank you so much for calling, man. Enjoy it. Sean, you're next up on 610 Sports Radio. Hey, Sean. Hey, good, good evening to you all. So, just wanted to say, man, I've been a Chiefs fan since 1988. And my my thing is, I just want to see them win some home playoff games. Let's keep the ball rolling. Let's keep this train going. Hey, thanks for the phone call, Sean. 576-7610. Quick point about that, and this is good. I, I mean, we're in the seventh game of the season. It's a little bit early to still be talking about postseason, but the one good thing is they did lose to the New England Patriots, but they still control their own destiny. For mm-hmm. example, if they were to win out, again, we're way early probably to talk about this. Yeah, but... I have the dates of the AFC Championship game in front of me. If you'd like to know <laughs> when that game is to Mike, be played. Aside from Mike, I think it's a little early. I'm but... trying to. My baby is due on January 22nd, <laughs> and it's two days after the AFC title game. I just want to know if I should pack for Atlanta. We can do the show in the hospital. I don't mind going to the hospital if we need to. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. The <laughs> uh, point being is the Chiefs still control their own destiny, even after losing to the New England Patriots. And until they lose, they won. And the Patriots will have to continue winning out for them to even have a shot at that. And this was supposed to be the hard part of their schedule. Yeah. And, and oh, you're, yeah. you're looking at some, some, very, some easier games, potential for a letdown, I guess. But you're looking at some easier games down the road. This is shaping up very nicely for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think when you, that's this is why it's tough to really discuss the schedule in the preseason because you looked at the schedule and you you really didn't know who teams were. Like to me, I think the Ravens game will be interesting. I think the second Chargers game will be interesting. Even Broncos next week. I, I and, and you looked probably before the season started and you said, oh, that's a little bit easier. I mean, the Raiders game. Let's be all be honest. You don't even have to worry about jinxing anything if you do worry about that. That game's a win. I mean, there's no way in hell the Raiders win that game. But some of these other games are getting a little bit more interesting. Seahawks are another team. The next three games that they face, the Browns, Bengals, I'm sorry, Browns, Broncos, and Arizona, 6-14 and 14 combined record. Yeah. 6-14. and 14. And then they Don't get... sleep on the Browns, though, too. I mean, to me, they have four overtime games. They could very easily have won. It's in Cleveland. Right. And, it's and, in Cleveland. And... Teams, you saw this with Andy Reid and the Eagles. Teams get juiced up sometimes if they really get behind their their staff members. They're going to be juiced for Dorsey that game. Don't think they won't be. We'll get to more of your phone calls if you're on hold. Travis, Matt, Sean, Todd, we'll get to you. If you want to jump in line, you can, 576-7610. You can shoot us a text message, 69306. Somebody on the text line wondered, Mahomes or Salvi, who would get more attention if they walked into a bar? Mahomes. Mahomes. I, I agree. I don't. I, it wouldn't matter if anybody There's, from that core, other than three days after they won the World Series. No, yeah, I mean... If Hosmer and... Yeah, I just... I don't think there's anyone close right now to Mahomes. And and that's the way it... You know, if this continues on the pace that it is, and assuming, you know, you just kind of stay healthy and so on and Mm -hmm. so forth, there's not going to be a more famous person maybe 
in the next 50 years. 50 years. <laughs> I mean, Patrick Mahomes is is like the talent equivalent to what Mike Trout is to Major League Baseball right now. Talent wise, I mean, just as far as as far as the you know the level <laughs> of play that he has right now, Hosmer and all those guys are great, but they weren't the top of their position in the game. Patrick Mahomes is exceeding everyone right now. The uh, Vegas odds before this weekend's games are out for the MVP. We'll tell you where Mahomes ranked and who was number one. Was it Mahomes? Those odds, more your phone calls. Plus, we'll go inside the locker room. You'll hear from your head coach. You're going to hear from your quarterback. Most importantly, we want to hear from you. Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson from ArrowheadPride.com. I'm Mike Wickett. We'll take more of your calls, your text hits. Hit us up on Twitter as well, at ArrowheadPride, hashtag AP610. The 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Big time players make big time plays. 610 Sports Radio. Low snap, picks it up. Yes, sir. Goes away. Wide open touchdown. Tyreek Hill. You know, Hill would drop one a little bit later on in the ballgame. That just, ah, uh, when he dropped that, ah. Uh, uh, that was uh, NBC on the call. As did your Kansas City Chiefs embarrass the Cincinnati Bengals 45-10 at Arrowhead. Uh, this is the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Pete Sweeney, Kent Swanson from ArrowheadPride.com. I'm Mike Wickett. The odds coming into this week. Now, I don't know where they are, you know, after this. But the odds coming into this week for the MVP of the National Football League. Kent, you want to take a guess who was number one who has the best odds coming into this week? You have to turn your mic on. No clue. No clue at all. You I can't, can't even, even take a guess. Pat, I mean, I, I know it's not Pat, but no. I can't. It's not Patrick Mahomes, but I didn't remember who else. Uh, it would be Drew Brees oh. at 4-1, to one, followed by Brady and Jared Goff at 6-1. to one. Todd Gurley also 6-1, to one, and Patrick Mahomes 7-1. to one. If so, Patrick Mahomes doesn't get hurt, he's going to win the MVP. I mean, it, because you look at this rest of the schedule. I mean, he... He's got opportunities to put up some big numbers here down the road here. It's starting to become not a question. You're seeing the way that the Chiefs are beating teams. It's just the offense is too good. It isn't just Mahomes. I mean, he is surrounded by by some good teams. But, I mean, you saw the two injuries along the offensive line. There were two new offensive linemen. It didn't even matter tonight. He was toying with the Bengals. Yeah, they're, they're down like two, three offensive linemen already in Kansas City. Tonight felt like a quiet night from Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs still put up 550 yards of offense. It didn't even feel like they were having big breakout games. I don't feel like I watched Kelsey catch more than a pass in the game, but he had five for 95. I, like, right. When did that happen? It, it's a quiet, it's exactly. It just it feels was. like a quiet. The Chiefs ran for almost 200 yards of uh, on the ground. They, they had 198 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. And it, and nobody was over 100. It's, Kareem it's absurd. Hunt, Kareem Hunt had 15 carries for 86 yards. He also caught five balls for 55. You know, in Kansas City, you got excited about a dream team in the preseason. You see, you've seen these type of dream teams form in the offseason a, a number of different places, and rarely does it work out. Now that they've all hit their stride, the Kareem Hunt, and I think you're seeing Sammy a little bit included, you're really truly having what is a Pro Bowl team between Kelsey and Hill and Watkins and Hunt, and they're hitting all cylinders. And it, as you can see, it doesn't matter who the rest of the personnel is, including the offensive line, it's becoming impossible to stop. I tweeted out in March when they signed Sammy Watkins that the Chiefs had a chance to kind of be the Golden State Warriors of offense on, on the football field. The efficiency that this 
unit is playing with right now is just it's unheard of it's unprecedented and they've got so many different ways to beat you and it's on any given night a stud football player is going to get opportunities with the ball in his hands because Patrick Mahomes is pulling the trigger the chances of all these guys just having a bad game which happens is just so small you know what I mean? And so, like, if Kelsey isn't playing well, he sometimes will have those few drops or whatever like that. If Kareem Hunt is running into some guys and isn't having the best night, there's always another elite-level player that can pick up the slack, and that's why this team is so good. When you keep seeing, like, little op- little things get thrown into the mix here. Like, we had a rain game here a couple weeks ago. They had to play in adverse conditions. They had to play on the road at night against a very good, you know, against the uh, Patriots. And and a half they, they got slowed down for half a game and just went out and – were explosive. Like not many things are are coming up negative for this for this football team right now on the offensive side of the ball. Right back to the phones. Let's hear from you. If you're leaving Arrowhead, give us a call. 576-7610. Travis, you're next up on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, Travis? Yeah, guys. Always listen to this on the podcast after, you know, day after. But uh, Well now you're on college. the pod now you're on the podcast. Welcome Travis. to the podcast. <laughs> right on. Right on. <laughs> No, man, uh, Mahomes is just, man, that guy's just so damn exciting to watch. Um, you know, Kansas City finally having that quarterback, uh, you know, is just amazing. But I wanted to touch on a couple things. Uh, saw some real fire tonight, I feel like, even though it was a game where we were just clearly running away with it. Uh, you know, Dorian O'Daniel showed up, uh, had a nice pop on, I think it was Mixon. Um, then you had, uh, who was it, was it Wiley or was it Debbie that, that, uh, was John on the sideline after that, that late hit on Mahomes? It was uh, Debbie. It was Jordan Debbie. Debbie. Man, I just, I, I like seeing that. I, I think this team is fired up. Um, even though the game was clearly, you know, done, uh, they're still playing through and, uh, but the, the defense, man, these younger guys are starting to show up, you know, Neiman got some time in there. O Daniel, I thought looked good, um, but I uh, just kind of wanted to hear what you guys thought about some of these some of these guys that haven't been playing that that are playing now. You know, what kind of an impact are they making? So, I don't uh, think uh, I, I, I don't I don't think that Dorian O'Daniel's name was going to pop up. Nor did I think he was going to take over my Twitter timeline for about four minutes. <laughs> it was all over. It's all people and and Kent, you're on the Dorian O'Daniel train at least watching it start to grow. I'm a fan of Dorian O'Daniels. Uh, it was really interesting to see him not be on the field because he would have solved a lot of the, he would have possibly helped solve some of the problems that the Chiefs have had at the linebacker level when it comes to coverage. Um, on our podcast on Arrowhead Pride, the AP Laboratory, we have at minimum one Dorian O'Daniel question every single week. We wind up talking about him every single week because he seems like such an obvious solution to some of the problems his team has. And Getting him some opportunities tonight, getting him some reps to play was was critical, and hopefully he's able to build off that and be in the mix more in some sub-package situations. I was impressed with what I saw from him tonight. For what it's worth, Brooke Pryor of the Kansas City Star tweeting out, Andy Reid says that Terrence Smith has a sprained right knee, so I think that's why you saw a little bit more of Dorian O'Daniel tonight. And sometimes this happens. You give a window for a rookie. Mm-hmm thrown into the fire, you may see a lot more of O'Daniel moving forward. And even if Smith were to get healthy, perhaps O'Daniel gets his crack. We're going to hear more from Andy Reid coming up. Don't worry. You'll also hear from Patrick Mahomes. Travis, thanks for your phone calls. Sean, you're next up on 610 Sports Radio. Hey, Sean. Hey, how are you, fellas? Doing all right, man. 45-10. Oh, you know, um, I'm going to say I'm not 
as shocked as I think other people would be. Uh, I don't know what you guys think, um, but I I really believe that Mahomes, kind of his excitement as an infectiousness is spreading throughout the team. And you know, it, uh, it, it there's a nice like parallel between two players, and one player that can't because there's so much money involved. But Mike Trout, he he's a guy he's known for it. It was in his ESPN articles. It was he he high fived everybody, and no one believed in it. People thought he was full of BS or whatever. But. He high-fived everybody. He got excited. The rest of the team. The problem is you got Albert Pujols. You got all these other players. They didn't buy it. They didn't necessarily buy into it. They got millions of dollars, you know, franchise money and all that. But this this player, not only the fact that he can come back, he can score a lot of points. I think it's spread across the entire team. Um, even when the defense is not necessarily the most talented, I mean, you see 45 to 10. I mean, Bengals' offense was really good. Um, what were you looking at? The first quarter of the season, Bengals' offense is on a torrid pace. Yeah, they were. Hey, Sean, I hate to cut you off, but we got uh, Patrick Mahomes coming up here in just a second. So I want to make sure that we get uh, Pat on, the quarterback of your Kansas City Chiefs, right here on KCSP Kansas City, KRBZ HD2 Kansas City. Uh, and he's coming up in just a second. So, Sean, appreciate your call, man. This offense, I, I have no idea what to make of the Cincinnati Bengals. I just know that A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, I know that Eifert got hurt and Uzuma was a, was a quality player, and Joe Mixon, that's a good offense. Those are weapons. Yeah, this is not the same thing as Blake Bortles. I mean, Andy Dalton has been to playoffs before. He's had great seasons, mm-hmm. and these weapons are legit. Like A.J. Green, he's a top-10 wide receiver, and there's hardly any of debate about that. Like, to me... Understandably, I don't think the Bengals are as good as their record showed coming into this game. That being said, the defense played well against at least, at the very least, an average offense. The Bengals put up 34 on the Ravens earlier this year, and the Ravens are probably the best defense in football the Chiefs will face later down the road here. Um, this, this, this I'm going to jump unit. in here real quick. My apologies, Kent. We're going to go now to Arrowhead. Your quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, after tonight's win. Primetime game, and uh, hopefully he likes it. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he just takes his offense to the next level. Uh, him being able to run the ball hard, uh, him being able to catch the ball out of the backfield, I feel like it never, doesn't really get accounted for. And so I can throw a check down to him, and he can break three tackles and get in the end zone. I mean, he truly is a special player who I, who I believe doesn't get as much hype as I think he should. But, uh, I mean, as he keeps rolling, I mean, he, the hype will come. What was your view of the one where he broke the tackles and jumped? Yeah, it was RPO, and I, I probably made the wrong read. And then, so, but then I handed it to him, and – it should have been a tackle for loss, and then he like broke a tackle and then jumped over a dude. And I mean, this is a that was a very talented defense who had a lot of guys that are, are built to block, uh, stop the run, and it just speaks to the strength and the power that he has run when he's running with the football. Pat, you say jumping over a dude like that happens all the time. I think Barry Sanders shouted it out on Twitter. What was that? What was your view of that play like? Dude. I, I think the fact that, like, you see guys jump over guys, but they kind of like, build up and they kind of, like, know it. He had just broken a tackle, and it felt like he had just started to run, and he just, out of instinct, jumped over him. And, uh, I mean, hopefully we can keep him from jumping over two guys too too often. But, I mean, it was a pretty sweet thing at the time. Patrick, when your defense gives you an effort like they did tonight, how much does that help you as a quarterback to have that confidence? Yeah, I mean, our defense – 
I mean, they're getting better every single week. They're making plays. Uh, even when I threw the interception, they seemed like they got a three and out right after that. And I mean, they're they're really they're really playing well. And I feel like as the season goes on, they're gonna keep getting better and better. And I think as a team, we're we're starting to gel more with the offense and the defense and special team all playing off of each other and getting that momentum going. I mean, I don't know if it's one specific dude. And I feel like every single game is a different person. And uh, as we were coming out the tunnel, me and Ron were talking about, hey, let's not let up. Uh, let's do, don't let off the pedal. Make sure we go out here and try to make plays. And it seemed like we got the touchdown, and then he got an interception for a touchdown. And, I mean, last week it felt like it was with Chris Jones. And I feel like it just the relationship I have with everybody on this team is everybody's truly rooting for each other. And we all want each other to do, do well. And uh, I feel like that's when you have special teams. Trying to trying to jinx us, man. I, I knew, I knew, but but uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 weird. I mean, we win it uh, every time so far. I think even back to the preseason. So and we defer, but uh, at the same time, I mean, first off, the defense when they get that first stop and then get the ball back in our hands and then we can score. I mean, that's huge because uh, it kind of sets the tempo. If we kind of have that early lead and we have the momentum, and then coming out of half, uh, kind of this week how we kind of got points. Whereas last week I, I could learn from throwing the interception, just taking the field goal, and then you're allowed to build that momentum and get that touchdown, that first drive, and it's like a 10-point swing in the game. I know that Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of guys, a lot of young guys on this team that we really just love playing football. And uh, the defense, they had a nice one a couple weeks ago, so we offense, we were trying to top that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they didn't really let me in on what we were doing, but I tried to go along. So uh, it, wasn't my, it wasn't my best effort, but, I mean, ho hopefully late in the season I can kind of combat that. Well, I mean, the first off, I mean, the, the play before, he, it went through his hands. We had a shot play to him, so he had just ran like 50 yards. Then he ran back, and then he ran 50 yards again. And I think he might have just been kind of losing a little breath. He was a little tired. So, But it, it was it was cool for him to get in that end zone. I mean, he's a special player. It seems like he scores on any variety of ways. And uh, as we go on this season, I'm sure he'll score a few more. Yeah, it was supposed to be a run play. Uh, What's kind of the pass option, but whenever you get down there, I mean, most times you hand it off, especially when you have a guy like Kareem in our offensive line. Uh, but I, I it, was, it was a little low snap. But at the same time, I was kind of stepping back to get out of Kareem's way. And so the kind of that combination made me drop the ball, and I started scrambling to the left, and I was going to run it, and then he was just wide open in the end zone, so I threw it to him. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they played well all night. I mean, they really – that was a very good defensive line. They have a lot of really good players that have played a long time. And uh, for them to step up and, and get the run game going at the same time protecting me, I mean, it shows that we have extremely a lot of depth in that, that O-line room, and it's the next man up mentality that we have on this team. Yeah, I think it was just kind of what the coverages they were playing. Uh, they had a, a two-man look on the one that I, the long run I had, 
and it, it, it's them trying to account for all the guys that we have out, out on the field. I mean, they're, all their eyes are trying to figure out if it's Tyreek or Kelsey or Sammy or Chris or Kareem, and, and then they kind of lose track of me, and the offensive line was blocking well, and I kind of just saw my shot, and I just, I just took it. Uh, I, I told the guys, though, once I start picking those knees up, I can run a little bit, but they didn't believe me. <laughs> it was all right. I mean, it was kind of one of those slides where I, I just kind of gave myself up, but uh, I didn't really want to go all the way down. But uh, if there was someone closer, I probably would have got down a little bit lower. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you think you're gonna have success, uh, but uh, I mean, you didn't. Ex I didn't expect uh, just this uh, much. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, I knew with the weapons that we had, and I knew if I just ran and did what Coach Reed wanted me to do, that uh, it was a chance that we could be really, really good. And I f still feel like we're building on that. I mean, we're still missing plays, and uh, hopefully, we can keep getting better and better as the season goes on. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, he he. he burnt the dude and it wasn't a bad read uh it was cover four and Kareem, i mean tyreek was the post alert and i've been asking coach reed for it like all game and then i got there and i was like i don't want to overthrow him but then i forgot you can't overthrow him so i, I left it short and it picked it off but i mean it looks back to I me mean, the defense got to stop right there and kind of kept the momentum in our hands and we it finished off the game strong is this the most fun you've had playing quarterback yeah i mean just to be able to learn every single day from coach reed uh, be able to get out here with all these guys, and I mean, we we literally have fun every single day. I mean, we we, we love coming to coming to work, I guess you would say, and getting to just play this game that we've loved since we were little kids, and uh, win a lot of football games. I mean, it, it was awesome. I mean, these fans. I mean, it really is special. Every single time I come out here, it's just like a, a new whoa moment for me. I mean, it, it's it's something that you can't even. Explain in words, but I mean, I, I just love the support that we have from this community. That's Patrick Mahomes uh, live right here on 610 Sports Radio after the uh, 4510 domination over the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't know what his answer is going to be to the question, but I kind of liked it. Is this the most fun you've had playing quarterback? What's he going to say? No. No. <laughs> I mean, come on. You're 6-1 you're and one in the National Football League. And you're shattering every the every young quarterback record the book has. If you throw this game out the window and just still talk about the beginning of the season, and a lot of Chiefs fans will tell you how poor the defense has played, think about that and remember that he had a much worse defense in college. Like he was playing these type of games in college and losing most of them because the defense was that bad, like scoring into the 40s and 50s and losing week after week after week. So this defense that's playing pretty well and did tonight. Big upgrade of college. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Todd's been hanging on, and we appreciate it. Todd, thanks so much for hanging. We, uh, we're we going to give you the floor. Okay. My name is Tad, T-A-D. Hey, Tad. I got, I got a couple questions. What about Sorensen? When he get ba when he gets back and healthy, is he going to be thrown back in? And I wasn't a Pat Mahomes fan. I like Alex Smith and everything. But Mahomes is, for being so young, he's so mature and just he's taking the floor by storm. He has, absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with being an Alex Smith fan and now realizing you can also be a Pat Mahomes fan. It's totally cool, Tad. Don't worry. There are many that are like you. But you guys, he asked first about Sorensen. If and when he's cleared to play, right back in? There's a case to be made that Daniel Sorensen healthy is your best safety still, I think, even with this crop to me. I mean, just because of, of how how familiar he is with this defense. I mean, 
The thing you always hear players talk about, though, is how it takes him a little while to get in the football shape. He may not be truly ready to go until three or four games. I say because the safety play has been improving, they'll probably ease him back in, but I think you could see him as soon as uh, Wednesday practicing. It's going to be really interesting to see how they navigate the safety position, not in, including whenever, if Eric Berry ever gets back into the mix. But they've, you know, they've gotten some productivity. Like Ron Pork, Ron Parker's pick six tonight. He's got two interceptions. I think he leads the team in interceptions this year. Jordan Lucas has played well. Uh, Eric Murray has played well. Um, it's it's going to be a very interesting thing to see how they they throw Dan Sorensen into the mix. I would imagine um that uh i think it's travis shaw is going to be out of out of work here shortly the safety uh the, the current safety of the chiefs number 30 thanks for the phone call todd we appreciate it let's talk to jeremiah and lee summit you're on to 610 sports radio how's it going guys yo i just left arrowhead i was an absolutely electric environment defense played great uh, i think a lot of people have been focusing on that all week i loved what i saw from dorian i like to see dorian o'daniel on the field Reggie Ragland made some big plays, and, you know, I'm fired up. You know, the crowd was electric. Mahomes missed one, one throw. He hit that Ty- Tyreek, dropped him one there, but uh, we got a lot to look forward to going, going forward. Hey, you know what? It's nice to hear, and thanks for the phone call. It's nice to hear people calling out members on the defense and hearing, hey, I'm happy with A, B, C, D, as opposed to, and with good reason, the hatred for the players on this defense. The defense played well tonight. Yeah. It was a well-rounded game. I, I tweeted on online, if you follow me on Twitter, at PG Sween, I do a winners and losers. I write it after this show, deep into the night. <laughs> and tonight, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll spoil it for, for those who read. I'm not going to put any losers. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can nitpick, and I'm sure you could find some bad plays. But at, at, at this point tonight, when you just look at the game in a snapshot, it was pretty. they did a pretty good job, and, and there really wasn't a ton to complain about it, even from a defensive standpoint. At all levels of the defense, there was a lot of improvement. You saw a lot of growth, um, and it's it's really it's 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 great to see. I think I think some of the things that that Bob Sutton's been talking about with it just takes a little bit of time getting these guys acclimated, getting them to play together. Some guys were hurt. Maybe there's some truth to it. Reggie Ragland looked as spry as he has all year. He looked like a different player. Well, I always say it's hard to to take whatever the Chiefs PR and the coaching staff says, but you could see that Reggie Ragland wasn't ready based upon his snap counts. They just weren't playing playing him as much as they were Anthony Hitchens. You've seen that gradually increase week after week, and what that tells me, look at the actions, is that he's now starting to get as healthy as he was prior to this weird knee plane thing that happened in training camp. And we didn't notice Anthony Hitchens at all either. So, I mean, and some of it might have just been game script, who knows, but it just, you didn't notice some of the glaring issues that the Chiefs defense has had. I mean, there's not much to complain. The first unit gave up to less than 200 yards before that garbage time drive where they got an extra 45. Let's talk to Ulysses in KC. What's up, Ulysses? What's going on? How's it going, everybody? Not bad. 45-10. I'm pretty sure you're in a good mood, right? Party. Absolutely. I actually knew um, Mahomes was going to be this good now question i do have for you guys uh, i was questioning beach about his selections in the draft earlier this week but now we start to see some people really take shape and i really do think this is uh going to keep going moving forward so what do you where do you think we go from here as far as where beach or what extra moves we're going to do or if we're going to do any 
I don't know if they're going to even make a move. You guys are there in the locker room more than I am. The Pat Peterson move seems like it's gone. Chris Harris is on the table, but he's probably not going to get traded in the division. I think the biggest question mark is Eric Berry. And from the reports that are starting to leak out, the team truly believes that he's going to be back. He was there. We saw as him many jokes, beard. As many jokes that I make, he's day-to-day, night-to-night, hour-to-hour, you know, how we laugh about whether or not he'll play. I think what I'm... Can, can can tell is the team truly thinks that he'll be back on the field this season. If you're at the facility, I see him in the locker room occasionally. My fellow reporters see him in the locker room occasionally. He looks fine. I don't know what the deal is. I, I, I came out that it was a Haglund's deformity and a bone spur. I'm not our in-house medical expert, Aaron Borgman, so I couldn't tell you like the true details of how painful that is and so on and so forth. What I can tell you is this. The team truly believes he's coming back, and to me, that is your quote-unquote midseason addition or trade because if you if you see how well the defense played tonight, you add Eric Berry into that mix, you're good if he's healthy. But, again, just so many questions having to do with that whole situation. The only thing I could see, though, and this would be just it's getting greedy and, and an embarrassment of riches uh, continuing to flow through this team. If you went and made a big move, after something like this week would be the right time to do it because you've got this momentum. You're seeing some of these young guys continue to produce and develop, and you're seeing you know con- contributions from Dorian O'Daniel. So now you're looking at this just wave of improvement on the defensive side of the football. The momentum, if it's real, would be uh, on that side of the football, throwing someone else, bringing a new energy into that locker room. Man, that could that could really just change the dynamic but, but here. But what new energy do you need? I mean, you listen to these guys, and you see them on the sideline. They're as happy as can be. I mean, I I know what you're saying. I mean, but ten, if they're playing like they are tonight, even defensively, I think they'll be. I think they'll be good. You look at what the Rams did, where they just went out and just got excessive. I think excessive is not a bad thing in this kind of situation, and that's kind of what. Do they need it? And they might yeah, still. Yeah, but they went excessive by free agent signings. Don't, you don't make six trades like in the Major League Baseball deadline in the NFL. Those attitudes, it would, it's only working because they're winning. I want to see right. the Rams after a loss or two with that locker room because I just don't think it's going to be as jolly. Maybe they won't lose. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna assume that they'll lose. But to me, blew out the Niners. That, today. that was the dangerous. That was a. Da- those were dangerous signings. In that, not only are they really good players, but they have this tendency of you know having some negative aspects to them. And so, you know, I want to see what if the Rams lose two games? Is it still as happy and and working mm-hmm. as it could be? I do think the safety position, if it wouldn't be at a safety position most likely, but if they were to try to throw a, another pass rusher into the mix here, God, that could be. That could be really fun. Well, that's where Justin Houston might be that late season season air quote acquisition if he gets back. Which Justin Houston is it? I don't know. Trade deadline, by the way, is a week from Tuesday. Let's go to Kyle who's listening to us in Des Moines. I was just in Des Moines all weekend. What's up, Kyle? Hey, what's up? Yo. Uh, calling in the last couple of weeks. Yo, yo. I was at the OP tonight again. And uh, great time. It's a great time to be a chief. You think about the, all the years that we've seen our team go 9-0 and even. We just have a different feeling about our team this year, and I think you guys could all agree. My question tonight for you guys is, who's your all-time favorite Chief? Mine personally is Jamal Charles, but is the hype from Patrick Mahomes? Is he able to take the crown already? <laughs> uh, there's a young generation who will have this. This will be their all-time favorite for the next 20 years. They're this generation. 
Yeah, no, he, he definitely will. I mean, I think he's he's starting that wave, and uh, he's he's going to climb up some lists pretty quicker. I'm having a hard time not putting him up there on my list right now. I mean, there are some people out there moving him up the list of all-time favorite Kansas City athletes. Human, not, be- not, not, human beings. Human beings <laughs> in the history of this city. Kyle, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Aaron listening to us in uh, Dallas. What's up, Aaron? Hey, how are you guys doing? All right, man. We need you to be a little more fired up. I know it's late. I know you're tired, but the Chiefs just won 45 to 10. Oh, uh, hey, there's a big uh, Chiefs kingdom down here in Dallas, so we're all excited. Nice. Hey, so uh, two questions for you. <clears throat> Honestly, actually, in my opinion, I don't know if I know that caller will pass. Uh, talk about uh, Sorensen. I don't think he's going to be the help. He can't tackle. Um, but besides that, what do you guys <laughs> think of Skandrick so far this year? Um, we, it, you guys go ahead. I think Skandrick probably gets a worse rap than he deserves. I think he's all right in coverage. I don't think he's going to be a Jalen Ramsey for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think he's serviceable. Yeah, I actually like a lot of what uh, Orlando Skandrick has done to this point. This was probably his worst game of the season. Um, some of the advanced metrics actually really like Orlando Skandrick in, in coverage. The Chiefs put Orlando Skandrick uh, in a situation where he had to guard A.J. Green a lot, and uh, it didn't go as well. But that's kind of to be expected. Outside of today, I felt pretty good about what he's brought to the table. You know Skandrick's better than for sure? David Amerson. <laughs> and good on Brett Beach for not just sticking with the guy that he signed in the offseason that was supposed to be a starter, and he corrected it at the last minute. I can give Brett Beach a lot of crap, and I, I sometimes do, especially when I feel like it comes to the Watkins money, so on and so forth. But kudos to him for admitting his mistake. He got rid of it and then brought Skandrick in, and it's worked so far. The only if you, When you write your winners and losers, you said there's not going to be any losers. The only loser I could pluck out of this, and if I have to pick one, Uh-oh. it would be Skandrick. Skandrick? He got burned by A.J. Green. He got, Everybody there's gets burned by There's a lot of cornerbacks who get I'm burned away. by I'm, I'm nitpicking here. We're nitpicking, Pete. Maybe Andy Reid to an extent because, I've you know, he left Mahomes in for quite a while. Why was he in Very dangerous 35? It's hard. You can't really name Andy Reid a, a loser either, though, because this is his 200th regular season win, That's, hey. which, is, wow. which is rather impressive. Uh, coming up, we're going to hear from A.J. Green. You're going to hear from Kareem Hunt straight ahead, the running back from your Kansas City Chiefs. We'll get to more of your phone calls. Neil, you're going to be our leadoff hitter. Aaron, thank you for your call. Kyle as well. You can jump in. 576-7610. Again, 576-7610. Pete Sweeney, Kent Swanson from ArrowheadPride.com. I'm Mike Wickett. We'll get to more of your phone calls. And you will hear from Andy Reid on the night of his 200th win. Coming up next. The 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Big-time players make big-time plays. 610 Sports Radio. Yeah, I mean, our defense, I mean, they're getting better every single week. They're making plays. Uh, even when I threw the interception, they seemed like they got a three and out right after that. And, I mean, they're, they're, really, they're really playing well. And I feel like as the season goes on, they're going to keep getting better and better. And I think as a team, we're, we're starting to gel more with the offense and the defense and special team all playing off of each other and getting that momentum going. That was Patrick Mahomes after Al Michaels on NBC calling Ron Parker's 33-yard interception return that put the Chiefs up 38-7. I mean, that, that was it. Like, right? I mean, you're thinking, all right, 31-7, you're still feeling good. They came out in that third quarter. 38-7 and a defensive touchdown? That's ball game. It's what I said at the halftime show. I said, I want to see the Chiefs 
win a game, dominate, never a doubt. And they went out in the third quarter and it was over midway through. The game was over midway through the third quarter night, and that is a, an accomplishment in itself. Let's bring in uh, Neil and Lone Jack before a special guest joins us here on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, Neil? Hey, guys. Good night, man. Um, great night to be a Chiefs fan. Great season to be a Chiefs fan. Uh, shout out to Bob Fesco because he called it two days ago that it was over. Um, and I had a feeling all week that the defense was going to show up tonight. I was really hard on defense last week when I called in, and I think deservedly so. Um, now, you got to give a little bit of credit. And last week I said they didn't make any plays. I got to give you a little bit of credit after watching that game again last week. They did make a couple of plays. They turned Tom Brady over once when they when they really needed it, and then we were able to get the lead. However, they still weren't there at the end when it was at you know at crunch time. They weren't good enough. Now tonight they were great, and this is two weeks out of three where they were good. And I got to give them credit for that, and I'll give Bob Sutton credit because I ripped them butt last week. So I'm gonna give them credit this week. However, having said all that. I have mixed emotions. I, you know, Pat Mahomes is amazing. I love him. He's great to be a Chiefs fan. I still have mixed emotions about this win. I think beating Andy Dalton and the Cincinnati Bengals at home on Sunday night is a completely different animal than than losing to the Patriots at, at you know at uh, Foxborough. And that is our ultimate goal, right? Our ultimate goal is to beat the Patriots. They are the gold standard. Our defense still needs to be better than it is, and they are improving. I will give them credit for that. However, I still feel like we should go out and make it. Well, I, I think well, before your, bro- your phone broke up there, Neil, it sounds like you, you wanted to go out and make a move. The, the, the truth in the matter is there has to be a move to be made. Like Patrick Peterson's owner, the owner of the, the, the Cardinals, said, He's not going to be made, or he's not going to be traded. We talked about this in the pregame, and you guys brought it up. Chris Harris, defensive back for the Broncos, is on the block, but the asking price for a division rival is going to be three times what everybody else is. I'm starting to get a little bit more Bobsitivity, and I heard it in that oh, college voice. Lord, here we go. I don't think the Bengals are like that bad of an offensive team. Like I think I, I was impressed tonight, and if if they continue to get reinforcements and they. You know, if, if you buy into what Andy Reid is saying, that this is a young crew that needs to, needs time together, I mean, this was a positive step in the right direction. And I didn't, you know, when I made my game prediction tonight, I said it was going to be 42-28. I, don't, I didn't think they had 10 in them, and I was wrong. And that's one of the things I learned tonight. It, was, it wasn't going to get worse for the defense right. compared to some of the stuff that they were experiencing early. And, I mean, the fact that the Chiefs have won through the mistakes, you always, like, you're going to make mistakes early in the season, but you want to win through them. And the Chiefs have won six games through a lot of defensive mistakes, a couple really nice performances to the last three weeks. I will say, too, before we get to our guest, um, that to Neil's point, you know, beating the Bengals at home is not beating the, the New England Patriots on the road. And that that is your ultimate gold standard. But it's not like they won 12 to, to, to 9. You know, it's not right. like they won 17-16. They won 45 to 10. And this thing was – there should have been a running clock in the third quarter. They dominated – another football team, another NFL team with pro bowlers on that team. And four and two. I mean, they're playing well this year. I mean, they didn't have a great game last week necessarily when the Steelers came back to beat them, but they're playing well enough this year to be four and two in the National Football League. This isn't a team that I think 
like the Raiders, for example. That that's it's the not first the Bills. Team. Right, or the Buffalo Bills. The one of these teams that comes mm-hmm. to mind is having an atrocious year and the Chiefs just stomped the team they should have. This was a team that's been pretty good this year. So I mean I I think you gotta think about that. And it's not like they haven't had big wins this year already either. They've started the season on the road against a very good Chargers team we're learning. And the Steelers, who are going to be in the playoff hunt as well, so right. it's not like they haven't beat anybody either. Right. Again, but we know the goal is to beat the uh, the pit, uh, the uh, New England Patriots. Joining us right now on the line, she was at the game covering the uh, parking lot for us. All the tailgaters welcome in ArrowheadPride.com editor Allie Trost. Allie, forty five ten. Did you stay awake in the fourth quarter? <laughs> I did. Uh, I I won't lie. I'm a little tired now, but you know, the game was exciting enough. They kept they kept the touchdowns going. They were putting points up, you know, even still throughout the game. So it was an easy one to stay awake for. Allie, you were in the Chiefs locker room after the game. I think you can assume that everyone was rather happy with the result of the game. But what's one thing that's that stood out to you? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, you know, if there's one thing the Chiefs love more than winning, it's winning at home. And uh, not just winning, Andy Reid's 200th career win. I talked to Kareem Hunt about that after the game. And it was kind of interesting. He said that, he and the other teammates he said they had no idea uh, in the locker room beforehand when asked if they, you know, made a note of that or anything, you know, kind of knowing the importance that there is something kind of writing on this game, amongst other things. But, you know, knowing Andy Reid's at 199, you can bump him up to 200 with a win. And he said, no, Andy's just a chill guy. He never brought it up, never said anything. And I think, honestly, I don't even know if he knew until I said something to him about it. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. And then talking to Chris Jones, you know, they're just happy. Like, you know, you can just sense the excitement that they feel, not only with the success of the team, but I, I think the, uh, the excitement around Patrick Mahomes, every time, you know, the questions asked about Patrick Mahomes at the offense, I mean, the 23-year-old young quarterback has earned the respect of all of his teammates that get along well, and they're just really, you can just tell, enjoying this ride together for what it is. Did it seem like with the Ron Parker interception for a touchdown, I mean, in the studio here watching Arrowhead Stadium from here, it seemed like the, mm-hmm. the Bengals were deflated at that point. Did a party yeah. just erupt at Arrowhead Stadium? What was the mood like after that pick six? Oh, my gosh. Everyone, that honestly, I think that was the loudest, other than the first touchdown, that was the loudest that everyone got was after that because you know, Chiefs doing that uh, against the Jaguars. So, you know, obviously – Seeing that happen again is always kind of exciting. And then Ron Parker scoring his first touchdown. I think, you know, some people uh, were reacting to that as well. And Ron said after the game that his daughter actually asked him why he doesn't score touchdowns. And so <laughs> that, one, that one was for her tonight, he said, which is, uh, which is pretty cool. So I'm sure she was in the, in the stands or at home, wherever she was watching tonight, cheering extra loud for her dad, who got his first touchdown on a huge pick six, big play. Uh, which was so fun to watch. And, yeah, definitely deflated Bengals team at that point. But an elated uh, Ron Parker's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna, You know what? We're going to end it right there, Ellie, so we can get to Ron Parker, and we're going to hear from him. Thank you so much for all your work down there at Arrowhead. Get some sleep. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Ellie Trost, editor at ArrowheadPride.com. Here is Ron Parker. You just heard her mention it. Here's what he had to say after getting his first touchdown at a pick six tonight. No turnovers, like very little, very little uh, stuff happening for us on defense. But it's a long season, and I told the guys, man, we just got to keep, just keep playing football, and whatever, whatever happens, gonna happen. Uh, we gonna get turnovers. They gonna come in bunches when they do come, and um, and it's, look, it's looking like they're starting to come. 
think that was your first career touchdown. That's what it feels like getting in the end zone. For the man, first that, was, time. that was a great feeling, man. It was. That's what that's what I was waiting on my whole career, and it was crazy. My daughter asked me before the before the game, like, "Daddy, how come you don't score a touchdown?" <laughs> so that one that one was for her. <laughs> how does it feel to have this kind of dominant performance with Justin Houston out and Eric Berry? It's good, man. It shows that that we got good coaches, we got good players, we got good depth, and we got and we got faith in all the guys, man. Whoever it is, um, whoever come in and step up and play for whoever, like we believe in everybody, and we do a good job during the week, just in the classroom and on the field just um, hammering home on what, what we need to do and putting our trust in, our, in, in all the guys no matter who it is. What's the uh, the mentality for you guys DBs when you know the offense gives you such a lead you know that the other team's got to throw? As a, as a kid man you as a DB growing up um, you want to lead like that and you want to play against uh, you want to play with an offense like that because you know you're going to have opportunities to pick the ball off and create turnovers so um, it's a dream come true, man. Just playing with an offense like that and being able to uh, be in them situations lately uh, with the offense scoring them much points. It's Ron Parker today after the win. Uh, I love that line. My daughter asked me why I don't score any touchdowns. I love that. If you're not familiar with Ron Parker's story, it's pretty amazing. In 2011, he was bouncing around from team to team, couldn't really stick with anyone, eventually finds a home with the Chiefs. Uh, in 2013, is there for four years, carves uh, really a career and then, again, tried to go get some more money with the Atlanta Falcons. It didn't work out. He was back here uh, tonight. But you hear what he says. He goes, I've been waiting my whole career for this. I mean, it's 2018. <laughs> this guy started going at it in 2011. He was an undrafted free agent. And to finally have a pick six tonight on really an exclamation point of what this season has been for both the Chiefs and Kansas City, pretty cool. Andy Reid coming up straight ahead. But first, want to get Jarrell up in uh, Grandview. Jarrell, you're on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, guys? Yo! Uh, I was just there at the game. I just want to talk about one thing. Cause you, you guys talked about Kendrick, talked about the, the secondary. All those guys came to play. But I want to talk about the arrowhead effect, man. Like, inside that stadium, we, are, we may be, you know, we talk about how we're one of the worst defenses in the league. When we're playing at arrowhead with, with that energy, we're almost one of the best. But I feel like we got one of the better defenses in the league. I don't know how in any metric you can say that, Jarrell. With all due respect, my friend, I mean, the crowd right. I, I mean, the crowd gets them pumped up, and there was one time when there was a, a false start uh, on the right side of the line from Cincinnati, but I don't know how by any metric you can say the Chiefs have one of the best defenses in the NFL. All right, all right. That's not exactly what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I need, I need some of what he's had. I mean, you're at the game, so I'm guessing you had a couple of sodas. I understand, Jarrell. Hey man, that's part of it. <laughs> when we when we're out there under the lights, this is when the team shows up. You saw Tyreek got in the end zone. I, I'm I'm fired up. I know you guys are too. Absolutely, Jarrell. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I mean, it it worked tonight a couple of times. They got Cincinnati to jump or or couldn't hear, and there was miscommunication. Jarrell, appreciate the phone call, man. Let's check in right now with Andy Reid, the head coach of your six and one Kansas City Chiefs. All right. Um, as far as the injuries go. Terrence Smith uh, has a sprained right knee, and we'll just see how the MRI looks. Um, and really, that's it for tonight. Um, the crowd today was amazing, or tonight was amazing. Uh, they were out there at about 5.30 this morning in line, and uh, I mean, incredible. They were warmed up and ready to go, so it was a beautiful thing. Um, Listen, I, uh, it was a great win uh, against uh, a very good football team. And Marvin does a heck of a job. Uh, he's done it for a long time. Um, 
But again, I, I thought collectively as a group here, I thought this was a, um, a, a good team team effort. So I thought we did well on on um, offense, defense, and special teams. Um, and there's a lot of people to pick out on you know, Parker with the pick six. I thought that was a, a real kind of turning point right there where we could, um, you know, where, where we felt like we were in control. Um, Patrick had a, a, another good game put together there. Um, and he, he's, he's doing well, controlling, controlling the offense. It was great to see Sammy. You see how physical Sammy is. When he catches that ball, it's unbelievable. He had some tough, uh, tough catches for us, and I thought played well. And I, mean, I can go right down the list. I mean, the guys, uh, the guys. It was great to get Dorian and Daniel in, uh, uh, rookie, um, who hasn't played a bunch, but he stepped in and did a, a nice job tonight. Uh, third downs were good, both sides. So we were nine of twelve, offensively and defensively. Uh, we were three; they were three of ten. So. Uh, we did pretty good seven times, right? Uh, that, that's a good thing. Write that down, guys. Patrick had another good game. He did well. So write that. That's the insight there from the head coach. Andy Reid gets it. He's trying to keep <laughs> Mahomes with a level head. It'd be very easily at the age of 23 mm-hmm. to get full of yourself here and think you've accomplished something. I mean, six wins is great this year, but they have loftier goals, and Andy Reid's trying to keep a good head about Mahomes. And to credit Mahomes, too. I think he actually has a pretty good head on his shoulder. Absolutely. I agree, and it's 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 a perfect it's it's just it's it's just the perfect combination, and you're seeing that the kid is rising to to the expectations of a of a man that's demanding more of him. This is going to sound like a joke too, but I think the fact that he's still with a high school sweetheart or whatever she is, I don't know if it's a college sweetheart. I think that sometimes can ground people, and I, I you know I think he's satisfied in that aspect of his life, and I think as a 23 year old, he's really really grounded, and I think that's part of it. Let's go to Rick in Dallas. You're next up on 610 Sports Radio. Yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to. The Chiefs fan across the country. Um, I left Kansas City this morning. Had to come down to Houston to uh, for work, and looked on the internet, found a group in Dallas, and stopped on the way down. And they were probably 150, 200 strong of probably the most uh, loyal Chiefs fans I've I've seen even in Kansas City. Nice. They travel. Chiefs fans. They will travel. They're all over. But I love hearing that too. And Rick, thanks for that phone call. You know, we take calls from people all over the country. This show has got a lot of people listening Global. online. What do you we, mean country? <laughs> my bad. Have we taken an international call yet? Not yet, but I am excited for our first London call whenever that comes. I mean, we might have to hook that up. But I love it because we're finding out that there's these bars where all these Kansas City fans are meeting and joining up, like New Jersey has them. And we've had a couple of guys calling from California, different parts of California that have the, the Chiefs bars. Perfect point today. Someone tweeted at Arrowhead Pride, uh, where is the Chiefs bar in Austin? So I tried to help this guy out, retweeted it instantly. Four people came up with whatever the bar in Austin is. So the Chiefs kingdom, as the organization likes to call it, extends. (laughs) It really does extend all over the country. I think there's little pockets of it to go along with, you know, this, this Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas area. I do have a ton of respect for transplant fans. And it's it really is. I think it's just the coolest thing that... Sometimes the Chiefs are the closest thing to home that they have, and I just I love that so much, and and a lot of respect and love for people that are away from their favorite sports teams. That opens up a line for you at five seven six seven six ten. Let's go to Trent, who's listening to us in Iowa. What's up, Trent? Trent. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Thanks for taking my call. 
You got it, man. Go ahead. Yeah, I was wondering, uh, I mean, you know, the defense uh, played great. Um, obviously, that's what everybody's been saying. But I'm more worried about, um, I mean, the offense been obviously the best in the NFL. But I'm wondering what you guys think, you know, going down the stretch when, you know, the weather's not as well as it has been. Um, you know, how do you think if it does affect, you know, the Chiefs offense, you know, going into December and January come playoff time? Good question. Uh, let's see here. Uh, when the weather begins to turn, they've got the game uh, this weekend will be against Denver here at Cleveland. Could be some nasty weather in both of those games. I haven't seen the forecast for seven right. days from you now. You know who's excited about the weather? My guy, Uncle Dave Tobe. He has said <laughs> return season is coming up. I don't know if he meant season, S-E-A-S-O-N. I like to think he meant S-Z-N, the cooler way to say it. <laughs> I think return season's on its way, and the Chiefs happen to have the best kick returner in the NFL, and they're still putting him back there. Well, on top of that, uh, if you remember, Patrick Mahomes' first game was in abysmal weather in Denver. Mm-hmm. He's still three for 285 yards, was pretty, pretty good in that game, led his team to a victory. I'm not worried about the weather. I don't think it's going to affect them at Sample all. Sample size, schmample size. Are you saying that Patrick <laughs> Mahomes is more powerful than Mother Nature? I'm saying 284 yards is a cold weather game for Patrick Mahomes. And, and, and this team has a guy in the backfield that if it does become too wet, too windy, too nasty to handle the ball, you do have Kareem Hunt back there. Kareem the Dream. And Spencer Ware. When you saw the adverse weather conditions two weeks ago, too. They've got all kinds of solutions for any temperate or any climate, anything. There's only one thing stopping Spencer Ware, too, and that's the grass. Hey, he tripped over. He, he, just, he wasn't very aware of his surroundings. No. No, he had a good game. If he didn't trip up, he probably scores a touchdown on that play. He probably, he probably is regretting it because he has limited opportunities this year. Trenton, thanks for the phone call, man. Appreciate it. Let's go back to uh, Arrowhead and hear from uh, head coach Andy Reid a little bit more. Um, anyways, uh, with that uh, time, I would like to say just the person who was uh, in the accident before the game, my, my heart goes out to that family. So, anyways, with that, time's yours. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, Kareem um, is, well, which he did last year, too. But, I mean, he's playing uh, as well as any running back in the National Football League. Uh, he's not only running the ball like crazy, he's catching the football. Um, I actually took him out before he broke the 100-yard uh, marker, had an opportunity to for this game, but he would have done that. It was great to get Spence in and give him some work. Um, you know, he, he hasn't had quite that load up to this point, and uh, those legs were heavy towards the end there. So, but it was good to get him work. But my hat goes off to Kareem. I just I think he's uh, playing great football right now and, and tough football. So he's uh, uh, punishing right now, and that's, um, you know, it's something to watch. He's been a tough guy to I hadn't seen that one, but it looked like he elevated pretty good, so he did a nice job with it. Late in the game? Yeah, I did what I thought was right. Yeah, listen, I mean, they, they are. They're, it's a young bunch that um, they, they do this during the week. They do it here. I get to see it all the time, so I'm a grandfather, you know, and, and, uh, and these guys, they're moving around and 
and enjoying what they're doing. So uh, it's fun, you know, fun to be a part of, fun to watch. We'll hear more from Andy Reid coming up in just a bit. But, uh, let's get right back to the phones. Clinton, you're next up on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, Clinton? <laughs> I grew up on Marty Ball, so I'm like fourth quarter. I mean, third quarter of this game was over. This spread, 35 points. I mean, this is – I can get used to this. Um, I got two statements and maybe a little question is, one, uh, man, that offensive line with Mitch Morris being out, you know, the, the leader of the O-line and, and against, a, I'd say, a top-10 defensive line, you didn't see Mahomes, you know, yeah, he, he escaped the pocket, but he just he, he looked comfortable as he always does in the poise. You can't, you can't underestimate that. And the second statement is, you know, I, I loved Alex Smith because he didn't throw interceptions. Yes, he didn't go deep, but his you just can't under you can't underestimate or understate, excuse me, the imprint he has had on on this team. You know, with Mahomes and giving him the eyes and talking to him like that. That his effect is still in play even though he's on another team. And kind of the question is is I don't know if there's a stat, but I know you got stat guys uh, at your at your. That can call. Do we lead the league in yards after contact with running backs and receivers? I mean, we have to, don't we? Uh, we're on it. Well, if you, well I don't have <laughs> the stat. It. I won't have the stat, but I will say if you've got a guy like Sammy Watkins running with the ball after the catch, Kareem Hunt, uh, and Spencer Ware, yeah, you've got a lot of yards after contact. Those are tough guys to bring down. I don't know if you heard the, the details of that last caller, but apparently Alex Smith was giving Mahomes the eyes all last year, and that's why th- you're not seeing as many interceptions as touchdowns this year. <laughs> I guess I guess that's what we're seeing. No, I mean, to me, I, I think it did have an impact. Alex Smith, you'll hear Andy Reid say it time and time again. He actually uses a weird phrase uh, Mahomes does, should send Alex Smith a mansion for all that he's done for him, a him or, or whatever. Yeah, buy him a castle. But I think you really have seen the impact when it comes to ball security. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and Kent, you pointed this out even before the season began. One thing you worried about with the kid is his arm is so talented and, and it's he can throw the deep ball so much that you worried that he would try to do that, do it too much. And I think sometimes you do see that a little bit uh, if you have to complain about anything. But that being said, I think. Alex Smith being here so showed him how important ball security and not beating yourself is, and I think he's taken that with him in this season. Yeah, the ball security thing is is noticeable. Mahomes has really done a good job of figuring out um, what he can get away with on the football field as far as delivering throws. But the other thing is, you know, you talk about Alex Smith. I think Alex Smith and the way he prepares and how he prepares and what he was able to learn from him is is all the stuff before the snap even happens, helping him um, get a good feel for where he should be setting protections and what he should be checking into and what he should be looking for. I think that's where Alex Smith has made the most impact on Mahomes' career already. The Kansas City Chiefs currently are sixth in the National Football League in Yak as a team. Number one, Pittsburgh. Number two, Green Bay. Number three, Oakland, followed by the Rams, Vikings, and then the Chiefs. With 939 yak yards, the Steelers have 1,207 yak yards. Wow. that's, that's These pre- are the stats I find for you. Mike, you are doing the most right now, my friend. <laughs> I'm living my best life. It's what I'm doing. I'm trying to do what I can. Thanks for the phone call. Let's head back to the locker room, and let's hear from uh, who's next on our list. Kareem Hunt talking about this team uh, and the win after they dominate the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, it was definitely good. Those guys, you know, came in and gave their best effort. And, you know, if you go 100% with me, I can't be mad at you as long as you're giving them everything you got. 
This is a team that may be in the playoffs for the Patriots who are presumably going to be in the playoffs. How much can your guys' performance be replicated as this year goes on and obviously the competition is going to be tough? We're just going to keep getting better and better. We know we can't you know, relax on this win. we got to keep coming out ready to play. Andy Reid's 200th win tonight. How does What does that say about this team's success and kind of the attitude going forward and in that winning mentality? We need to uh, talk about Andy Reid's success. You know, he's a great coach. You know, you you, you want to be around him. And uh, I'm happy I got drafted, you know, by him. And, you know, I'm happy for him. 200 wins, you know, a lot of coaches can't do that. And uh, he's definitely one of the greatest coaches of all times and, you know, Hall of Famer. Did you guys make a note of that in the locker room coming in? But Did you guys make a note of that? that this was just nope, he didn't even say nothing about it because he's so, you know, chill. We just go out there and play ball. They cut him off. Uh, 20 touches for 141 yards and three scores for Kareem Hunt. Kareem the dream. Uh, <laughs> you didn't see this Kareem the first couple games, but he has now hit his stride officially, and it's only going to open things up for dangerous, dangerous receivers and like Tyree Kill, like Travis Kelsey, and even like Sammy getting into the mix, which – again, you haven't really seen consistently throughout the season. And I think that's the value of having four guys like they do on that offensive side of the football is, you know, they have guys that they can lean on if they need to, or they can all just roll together and do things that that most offenses or any offense in the NFL can. Let's go to uh, Payola, Kansas, and talk with Donnie on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, Donnie? What's up, Kansas City? I just want a couple things, man. Kansas City Chiefs, we love you. You belong to us. We belong to you. We got your backs. Um, first thing, when we got Sammy Watkins, okay, I told my boss this is the guy. This is the guy that's going to make the entire field playable. You can't you can't stack up against Hunt anymore. Okay, um, last week when we went to uh, when we went up there to Patriots, I had a feeling that he probably came out a little bit shy and. Who wouldn't be? He's a young guy playing against the greatest quarterback possibly to ever play the game. And I'm not even a Brady fan. And at halftime, I think he regrouped and came back. This week, man, he's just incredible, does some great stuff. I love my Chiefs. Kansas City loves our Chiefs. And the one question I have is, do you think that what the Chiefs did on defense today is sustainable? You know, we see often enough one – that, that one-time performance a couple times a year where, they, where somebody does something really great. So the question is, is this sustainable? Do you guys see this being sustainable for the next uh, 10 weeks? I think you got to take it week nice. by week. It's, it's just it's trying to solve a question or a mystery without having all the data. It's like, I, you know, say it's like a murder mystery, but you don't know where anyone was. I don't, the mystery for me is... What is Eric Berry's timetable? That's the biggest question mark because now you look at the schedule and you look at the next couple of games. All right, so Denver, Cleveland, Arizona. You could probably manage those games and sustain this defense and, and play well enough to win in those three games. But can you win it? At, you win against L.A. and Mexico City without an Eric Berry? You don't know what's going on with Daniel Sorensen. I just don't think you have enough information. I think you're okay next week, and I think you got to look at it week by week until we we get those faithful words. Eric Berry's practicing today because every week we go to the facility and every week they say he's day-to-day and he's not practicing. To me, until you know and until that day when he's practicing, you don't really know what what to expect with this defense. Kent, do you think that this defense can, and I don't know if 239 a game is, is even possible in the National Football League, but anything like this? Yeah, I think they can continue to build off of this. And I do think that they're going to have some big performances here down the stretch. And I do think that they will start regressing 
toward towards their average, whatever that is. I don't think that they were as bad as they were early in the season. I don't think they're as good as they are to, they were tonight. But you're looking at a defense that did a lot of really good things, and they have potentially Justin Houston coming back and Eric Berry coming back for the stretch. This could be a salty unit towards the end of the season when it matters the most. And they don't have to they don't have to rush Eric Barry back no. right now. They're 6 and 1 without him. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And I I just think if you if you I, I drive this point home time and time again I think with this season. You don't need them to be as good as the offense. You just need them to be good enough for the offense's 35 points per game to win win the game. So keep the other team under 35 points. Don't allow Tom Brady to get to 43. And you know what? You may go far in the playoffs. Well, and you just got to play complimentary football. It's not even necessarily about, I mean, it's just, it's playing complimentary football. And they have done that to some degree for the most part this season. But you look at the Chiefs today, they made the, they made, uh, the Bengals one dimensional. They averaged three and a half rushing yards. They got out, or per, or, yeah, three and a half yards per attempt on the, on the ground, and then made them a one dimensional football team when they got out to the lead. That's how this defense can have success, and that's how their numbers can look a little bit better and kind of, you know, calm some of the nerves down of the fans out there. A tweet coming through from Tyreek Hill: My teammates picked me up tonight after a bad play by me. I love this squad. He had one bad play. That's the first rap he has had in as long as I can remember. He had honestly. one bad play, and they were th- they were about thirty when he, he made the drop. I'll tell you why he dropped the football. He was thinking about the rising from the dead celebration and what he was about to do. And I tweeted right after the play. I'm like, what celebration is he thinking about? He had it planned out because Eric Fisher came right over to revive him. And then he sat up like the Undertaker, which I will say I loved. But that being that being the case, let's make the play before you start thinking about the celebration. Wicket, one mistake is the new bad for this team, right? for this offense. So, I mean, like, I mean, this is the new standard of Kansas City offensive football. It's a good point. You know, it's like, you know, all of a sudden this offense, whenever they don't score, you're like, oh, 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 oh. The other team figured you out. Two rarities. Yeah. You saw tonight in this game and you probably or maybe won't see them the rest of the year is Tyreek dropping the football and Sammy dropping the football. Those two mm-hmm. things just don't happen frequently. And Demetrius Harris made a play. Demetrius Harris is the king. I mean, to me, <laughs> I said this in the halftime show and I want to reiterate if you didn't hear the halftime show, if there's a difficulty level for catches <laughs> and it's at difficulty level number one, Demetrius Harris drops the football. Anything that's remotely difficult or a little difficult, like I would four put, or higher. I wouldn't even say two or higher. <laughs> Anything that's like remote, perfect catch, he's fine. It's just like the easy catches that you or I could make, Mike Wicket, that he seems to drop. And tonight, I would say I would rate that difficulty about four ish, five ish. He was wide open in the end zone. He made the play, of course, and then he dove into the the stands I, thing. I don't know what that celebration was. Let's find out. Demetrius Harris in the locker room after tonight's win. What's this offense about? What's going on with this offense? Uh, you're just rolling, man. We just uh, everybody we, we we clicking on all cylinders. And special teams defense right now in the in the offense. So I mean, it's, we're unstoppable once it, it's rolling like that. What's it feel like when you guys have done very well in offense all year? Sit there and watch your defense play that way. What's that like for the team? Oh, oh, it's great, man. We we always rely on the defense, man. They always come up big. It don't matter which situation. So I mean, it's the tip the hats off to the defense, man. They played an amazing game. Man. What was your view of the Kareem? <laughs> man, I was I was I'm, I think I was on the sideline, man. It was just a, the athlete. I'm like, oh, like he ain't surprised me, but he kind of did. Man. How tough is that coming off break three tackles and then you? 
a bull. A bull. A bull don't care. That's a that's cream, man. A bull, man. He's a real life bull. It's Dimitri Harris in the uh, locker room after today's win. 576 7610. Let's go to uh, Sean listening to us in North Carolina. What's up, Sean? Hey, my uh, question for you guys. My seven year old daughter asked me a question today. I had no idea how to respond to her. She uh, saw Mr. Bob Sutton on the sideline and said, he looks so boring. Why? <laughs> and then I had no response. Fortunately, it was like 7 or 10 to nothing at that point. But how do I respond to my daughter in the morning? You grab the standings and you show her and you say, they're six and one, young lady. That's how he's boring. What was the question? I didn't hear it. Why does Bob Sutton look so boring? Oh, come on. He, 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 he's not boring. That guy, I mean, he, he's the epitome of excitement. I mean, Mr. Electricity. All the energy. <laughs> I like talking to Bob Sutton. When you ask him a question, he'll do his best to answer it. He'll spend a minute and a half on you. He could probably answer the question in about 20 seconds, but he'll give you as much detail as you can you can handle. Um, he's had a rough go of it, and it was nice to see uh, the defense succeeding, I think, tonight. Sean, appreciate it, man. Let's go to Reggie out in Anaheim. What's up, Reggie? You're on 610 Sports Radio. My guy. Yes, sir. Hey, man. Bob Sutton looks like a uh, high school shot teacher. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like straight up, like, you know, you teach shots. Uh, you know, I got to disagree, respectfully disagree with Rick a couple of dollars ago. I'm sure uh, Chiefs Kingdom down in the Texas area does a mighty fine job. But nobody do it better than the West Coast. Uh-oh. <laughs> hey, man, y- y'all been out here, man. Y'all know how we get down, man. Our representation speaks for itself. Uh, so, second thing is, uh, obviously, man, shout out, shout out to the defense, man. I think that they're playing inspired ball, man. I, I think that they, I think that they understand, man, that if all they have to do is give a little bit more effort and tackle, amazing, amazing how tackling people actually makes your defense look better. Uh, tackle and and it, it lifts everything. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole team is feeding off each other, um, and so I think that moving forward, man, if you know, the offense continues to do what they do. The defense can, like you guys say, play complimentary football, man. I'm going to say, I'm going to say the naughty word, Super Bowl, bro. Like, like it's becoming more and more clear week by week that this team has a legitimate shot to reach the Super Bowl. And the, uh, the, the, the Alex Smith years and the, and the uh, Marty Schottenheimer years, the, the ball control, three yards in a cloud of dust, like that stuff is a, is a thing in the past. And it also makes you just look at how archaic and outdated that brand of football is and was. I know the Titans are trying to do that now. The Jags are trying to do that. It doesn't work, man. I uh, love you guys. What you're doing, man. Keep going, man, and go Chiefs. As always, good to hear from you, Reggie. We got wide open phone lines. If you're just leaving Arrowhead, you want to jump in, 576-7610. If you're just getting home, you're uh, on your way back from wherever your watch party was, give us a call, 576-7610. Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson from ArrowheadPride.com. I'm Mike Wicket. Up next, uh, we will hear more from head coach Andy Reid. Plus, I'm very interested in what A.J. Green had to say about the loss. Got about a half hour left if you want to jump in. We'll take more of your phone calls as the Chiefs move to 6-1 and one with a 45-10 earth kicking of the Cincinnati Bengals. The 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Big-time players make big-time plays. 610 Sports Radio. 
snap, picks it up. Yes, he was away. Wide open touchdown. Tyreek Hill. Well, I mean, first off, I mean, the, the play before, he, it went through his hands. We had a shot play to him, so he had just ran like 50 yards. Then he ran back, and then he ran 50 yards again. And I think he might have just been kind of losing a little breath. He was a little tired. So, But it, it was it was cool for him to get in that end zone. I mean, he's a special player. It seems like he scores on any variety of ways. And uh, as we go on this season, I'm sure he'll score a few more. Yeah, it was supposed to be a run play. Uh, What's kind of the pass option, but whenever you get down there, I mean, most times you hand it off, especially when you have a guy like Kareem in our offensive line. Uh, but I, I, it was it was a little low snap. But at the same time, I was kind of stepping back to get out of Kareem's way. And so the kind of that combination made me drop the ball. And I started scrambling to the left, and I was going to run it, and he was just wide open and in the end zone, so I threw it to him. There's Patrick Mahomes. He was 28-39 for 358, four scores, the one pick. Kareem Hunt, 20 touches, a buck 41 uh, on the ground and through the air, three scores, NBC on the play-by-play. Mike Wicken along with uh, Pete Sweeney and Kent Swanson from ArrowheadPride.com. We're taking your phone calls here on the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Chiefs win 45-10 to over the Bengals, 576-7610. Jared in Smithville, you're next up. What's up, Jared? How you doing, boss? Good morning. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Good morning, you two. I got to wake up in about six more hours. You and me both, brother. Exactly, right? We're here together, though. Uh, Yeah, definitely. I'm a first-time caller. I've been listening to 610 for about 12 years. I've been listening to it since I was eight years old. And just want to give you guys a shout-out. You guys have taught me a lot about just not only football or sports or anything, but just having, you know, sitting around with the boys and having a good talk. And I just wanted to say uh, I appreciate everything you guys do, especially bringing Kansas City to the – next level on how you guys bring sports and uh i just wanted to ask the question i mean when eric berry does come back i know it's been a big problem or situation with eric berry but how do you feel once he comes back you know we had a couple penalties about 12 men on the field and then you knock it down to reggie raglan and the the linebackers how do you think that defense is going to solidify after they get there thanks for the kind words man appreciate it uh and and Aside from his on-the-field play, that's probably the single most valuable thing that Eric Berry does. I think Eric Berry will be able to slide in very easily back into the mix, and it's not going to be that big of a problem. He's an effective communicator. He's probably one of the best communicators that they have on, in that building, and he'll get things right. He'll actually it'll it, it will not be a issue to transition with Eric Berry onto the field. If you're a fan of the NFL and you play Madden and things like that in franchise mode, there are different enhancers that you get that player, you know, you, you do a certain training and a player's or, or their overall rating is, is risen by like two or three or four points or whatever like that. I think that's real life for Eric Berry and when he's on the field with that team. I think he makes everyone around him better and they and the players that are there and, and you know, if you want to call the Chiefs defense average, below average, whatever, whatever negative, you know, connotation that you have for it, he instantly makes players better he raises like their overall skill level and i've seen it i've seen it all throughout the time and so we make a lot of jokes about it in day to day and it's a it's in a way it's a funny situation but it you know you, you talk about trades for this team you know what the best addition to this team will be a healthy eric berry so if that's a legitimate possibility that he's actually going to come back and be on this team you're getting the best possible addition right in the middle of the year that, that is, and, and and yes as bad as the defense has been you're staring at six and one. You're staring at six mm-hmm. and one. At the end of the day, that's okay for what it's been so far. And even against, even though it wasn't against necessarily the greatest opponents, 
they've held two teams to under 14 points in the last three weeks. So there is still some positive indicators in there. You're starting to see some of these young guys step up. That's only going to serve them well down the line. They've got potential depth, and and then you get an influx of or an injection of talent with with Eric Berry and Justin Houston later in the season. I mean, before the season began, Chargers playoff team, Steelers playoff team, Niners with Garoppolo playoff team. Yep. Now, not so much. Broncos, eh? Who knows? Jaguars playoff team. You beat all those teams. You lost to the Patriots by three at the buzzer. Obviously, a playoff team. Bengals. You could argue a lot of people had that team in the playoffs. I mean, you beat a lot. What's left you are, you are, for people to start believing? Careful about those Broncos because you are 6-1, and one, but you have the Chargers, and they've only lost to the Chiefs and the Rams. The Broncos mm-hmm. just played the Rams to a three-point game. I said the other night, the Broncos go on the road against the Cardinals four days after playing the Rams to a three-point game and just completely embarrass Arizona. And I know they're not the greatest football team, but they did what they needed to do. Now they get three extra days to prepare for the Chiefs. They've been preparing for the Chiefs while the Chiefs are still getting ready for this Sunday night game against the Bengals, and now they come into Arrowhead, and they need to win on Sunday. So the Chiefs have to get back to work this week, and they really need to be able to put this AFC West, um, at, you know, out of reach for these rest of these teams. And the Chargers are coming. I mean, they won. They won today against again in London against the Titans, and they're right there too. So as great and as fun as it's been, you're a loss or two, or a bad game or two from this actually being a race in the AFC West, which is incredible to say. Forty-five ten, the final. Back to the locker room. Andy Reid still speaking. Yeah, this um, uh, this was, I guess it'd be up there. So, it, you know, I enjoy when the when both sides and, and the special everything's going well. That doesn't happen all the time. You know, we, you know, you know, it's normally one group carrying the other group, and we, you know, that's a, that's the National Football League. But when they all come together and and good things happen, uh, you know, it's enjoyable. So this this was a this was a good one. Yeah, I, it's that's an individual thing, and I'm not real good with that. I, we're about team, and there have been a lot of people involved in each one of those wins. Uh, they've been crucial, so you know, I I, I enjoy it and I I, I appreciate it. Um, uh, but I, I would tell you though that it's everybody, uh, everybody's involved. So um, I've been blessed to be around some good people, players and coaches. Ownership uh, has been phenomenal, so I've been really blessed to be in a great position to be able to do that or be a part of it. Yeah. Not, I don't feel as young as when you and I first met Vahe, but I'm, uh, <laughs> Vahe was at Missouri when I was at Missouri, so he was following. He was the writer said. All of Missouri there. So, um, but listen, I they do keep you young. I mean, you can't help but feel the energy. I mean, they're running around, and they one thing they do is they come out every day, and they enjoy what they're doing. I mean, it's uh, and they play fast, and I have to slow them down at times in practice. So, um, they're uh, uh, you know, can't say enough about them. We'll get more from Andy Reid coming up. Want to go right back to the phones, Danny? You're next up on the other side of the state. What's up, Danny? Hello from St. Louis. Go Chiefs. We are so excited over here to uh, watch another Chiefs win. But, you know, I got to tell you, growing up in southwest Missouri, being a huge Chiefs fan my whole life, I've seen a lot of horrible playoff losses. Horrible. 
And so, you know, one of the guys on the show earlier was talking about how Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill aren't going to drop another pass the rest of the season. I mean, I feel like I remember Tyreek Hill against Tennessee last year dropping a couple of them when it mattered most. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm a hater of Tyreek Hill by any means. Uh, it just means that, that I have PTSD from the Chiefs' playoff losses like I'm sure all of you do too. So I'm curious with, you know, without leadership on the field like DJ on the defensive side of the ball, and, uh, and you know, even though we do have Patrick Mahomes, and he is a huge X factor, but he by himself cannot throw the ball and catch the ball. So I'm curious as to, you know, what kind of concerns do you guys have going down the road with a, with a potential playoff, uh, you know, playoff game? And I'll take my answer off the air. Who are the leaders on each side of the ball? Pete? For me, on the offensive side of the ball, it's Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. And on the defensive side of the ball, it has to still be Eric Berry and Justin Houston. I think those are your two guys. And What if they're not on the field? What if they can't get on the field? You know, are it's they still your leaders? I, it's interesting. I asked Sean Barber about this the other night when on Arrowhead Pride Radio, we have a show now on Tuesdays at 6, right on the station, 610 Sports Radio. But I asked him, does it, does it affect – the leadership if they're not on the field he's like yeah you know what it, it really does sometimes uh, it's hard to be listening to these guys if, if they're not out there grinding with you so to me if you if you want to consider that and take them out of the equation it becomes anthony hitchens who was brought uh, to, the, to this uh team you know as a run stopper and ron parker just some of the older guys uh and i think you feed off the energy of a guy like chris jones not to say he's necessarily a leader yet but i think there's some energy that you can feed off up there I actually think in the middle of the defense, they have some leadership qualities with Anthony Hitchens and Reggie Ragland. I think the problem has been they haven't been good enough to be listened to. Exactly. And that's a big issue. So, you know, I do think that those two guys, you know, they've gone about things the right way, supposedly in the offseason. They've been working together to build chemistry between those two guys. I think that's the biggest problem is if those guys aren't, haven't been able to, you know, back up what they're talking about, they did today. So maybe we see that continue and as Ron, the season goes on as well. And Ron Parker, for sure, isn't as talented as Eric Berry. I think everyone would tell you that. But to me, a guy that walks in after being with Atlanta for a little bit in the preseason and day one, he, he says that he has safeties picking his brain and asking him questions. I think there's a little bit of respect for Ron Parker. Yeah, of course, he's not as talented as Eric Berry, but he's a veteran who's been on this team forever uh, and, and is now back in the room and providing leadership to a lot of these young safeties, including your boy, the Lucas Locomotive, Lucas, you know who's not a member of the Lucas Locomotive is that referee you gave him a defensive pass interference. <laughs> Didn't like that call. Uh, and did, who did one of you guys? Did I miss that? The one you said that Tyreek and Sammy aren't going to drop another ball all year. Is that you? Was that you? It's just very uncharacteristic of them. I understand that Tyreek was dropping passes. He seemed a little bit overwhelmed in that playoff game. There's no doubt about that. But Sammy Watkins, I don't believe dropped a pass all of last season. If I remember something like P- that, P- something yeah. like that, a PFF stat, and uh, it's just very uncharacteristic. It happens. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make any promises, but it's just very unlikely. Don't write checks that your body can't cash, Pete. You know what? This body can cash it. <laughs> Let's get Luke up in KCK. What's up, Luke? Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning. Chiefs. <laughs> You're staying hey. awake with us late night, man. We appreciate that. Hey, man, I'm always awake. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm glad we got on the topic of the defense, though, because I want to talk about Eric Berry. Even though he's on the sideline, man, I feel like he's still leading this defense. I don't think he's going to step foot on this defense on the field this year, man. They've been He's been day-to-day for, what, 12 weeks now, even including the preseason before? I hope he comes back, but I don't think he's coming back. Leadership that he still provides for the young guys out there on that field. 
Hey, Luke, uh, your, your phone's kind of chopping up there, but that's the big concern. I mean, he's right. We've been talking about this for how long? And when was the last time he was on a football field playing a meaningful snap? You know, it's funny. We were talking about it on the drive two, you know, two to six weekdays with Brad and Carrington. Uh, I think it was either this week or last week. We have an Arrowhead Pride roundtable that we do. But they were like, when do you think Eric Berry's coming back? And for me, my initial thought was August of 2019. As you're seeing it, though, and as you're seeing reports come out, the insistence is that he was going to play the season. The team truly believes he's going to play the season. I wish they just would be a little bit more transparent as to what the hell is going on because it just seems very, very unclear. You know, someone that's day-to-day for more than 60 days, like that doesn't make any sense. Like, Why is he doubtful every week? We know he's not playing, guys. Like, What is going on? Maybe we get a surprise this week. Maybe it's next week. But I think there is an aspect of leadership that has to do with um, being on the field. That being said, he it seems like he's been in the pregame circle hyping these guys up. Uh, you know, take that for what it's worth. I think it's fair to say that the team probably expected him back to be or to be back before now because we're getting really close to that IR. Had to have. I mean, if if they were holding a roster spot for him, there's 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 some kind of I don't know, I want to say disconnect, but it does seem like you know you've got you know they could have they could have saved him and put him on IR and and and, and kept that roster spot. So I'm, I'm there at every me, every media availability, and you'll occasionally see him walking around and that's the biggest thing that messes with your mind the guy looks fine I just don't know what the deal is and they've been very unclear about it you hear these different national reporters like Mike Garofolo coming out with information but you just don't know what the hell is going on let's get a little more from Andy Reid after tonight's win yeah so uh there's a time and a place where you know you've got to get down I thought you did a good job with that um uh, so you know that's uh I'm okay with it. I mean, it's part of our offense, and he knows he knows what he's doing. And uh, so, when it's time to get down, you get down, and then you live to play that next play. Andy, I know you never know how these things are going to turn out, but you guys got 22 touchdown passes in seven games. Is this beyond what you thought it might be? At this point? Um, I guess it might. I I don't think of those things. I'm not all that big on all that stuff. I just. Whoever scores and whatever we score is a good thing. So um, he's done well with it. We have a lot of season left. So and I don't ever see him looking back. I mean, that's just not how he rolls, and, uh, and neither do I. So I mean, it's um, we're going to try to get a couple more and uh, keep doing what we're doing. So the last two will go back to the Smith injuries. We see some new Um. Yeah, we'll see how Smith does and uh, with the injury, see where we're at with it. <clears throat> but like I mentioned, Dorian came in and, and did a nice job, flew around, I thought, played fast. <clears throat> so uh, that's that's encouraging, and um, especially from a young guy. So well, Bob plays a lot of guys. I mean, if you're dressed, you're going to play. So <laughs> we're, we're mixing and matching a lot of different people. Win number 200 for Andy Reid tonight. Yeah, quick correction on that. I believe I said it was 200th regular season win. It's combined 189 regular season and 11 postseason wins. The Chiefs PR just came out with their notes, and that that was noted in there. So it's postseason and regular season. Uh, Bill Belichick also uh, has eclipsed that mark. I have a question for Andy Reid. If if, <laughs> if I got a lot of questions for Andy Reid. If okay, if Bob, he just says if, if Bob Sutton, if you're dressed, Bob Sutton's going to play you. Why? Has Dorian O'Daniel not been playing then? Because he looks like he looks like a guy. He looks like a bat out of hell. 
He just he dude, he can cover. He can cover. And that has been the biggest issue for the second level of that defense the entire season. Why has he not been getting more run and opportunities in sub packages like this? You talk about a defense getting energy. We were talking about maybe trading for a player that could come into a locker room. Dorian Daniels on the field and he's hitting guys like that. That may give you all the energy you need. Let's go to the other locker room and hear what uh, wide receiver A.J. Green had to say after getting trucked by the Kansas City Chiefs tonight, 45-10. to 10. Um, Andy obviously continually went to seven catches for 117 yards. Um, Kansas City Chiefs have been struggling defensively. Did they do anything differently than they've been doing prior to this football game that you guys saw on tape? Oh, yeah, because they didn't play a lot of press. Um, I think I had that drive. I had a couple catches. They got out of it. Uh, just pressing me and bailing and then a lot of two men on my side. So, um, you know, they, they switched up some things that we didn't see on film. And, and at that point, I mean, uh, adjustments <clears throat> and what they were doing, tough tough to do on the, on the fly like that? Uh, it's just tough. Um, you know, we got behind. Um, got behinds in the sticks, a couple drives. Um, but, you know, we... You know, we didn't play good football. You know, I didn't, we didn't play good football. I didn't play good football this week. I mean, this week. So, just got to go back to the drawing board um, and get back get back on track. You were trading every stretch of the field in the first, first quarter, first half, downfield passes. Just talk about how that was affected for you guys early. Uh, just, you know, just making plays. <clears throat> just giving, um, taking whatever the defense uh, was giving us um, with nothing special. What did they do to, uh, that they did to uh, surprise you guys? Well, they played a lot of two-man. Um, they didn't show that on, on film these uh, previous games. Um, so they played a lot of ta- um, a lot of uh, two-man and a lot of bailing. They didn't bail that much on film, so they built a lot on, on me. So. Hey, Jerry, you said it was a bad week of practice. Did the team lost? Was it a no? No, no, okay. no, no bad weeks of practice. Okay. Playing a good team out there. Um, and, you know, we just couldn't get anything going. Um, just got to be better. You, you know, you're one of the captains. It's the kind of game that can get things to go south quick, I guess. What do you do as a captain? Oh, make sure it doesn't. So we got to be together. You know, we win together, we lose together. Um, we're a team, we're a family. Um, we know this NFL season is a long ride up and, up and down a roller coaster. Um, you know, for my part, I'm just going to keep it leading by example. Um, like I said, back to the drum. No, no slack off on my player about, you know, how we play. We're just going to watch the film, get better by get better. And, you know, uh, I'm going to lead by example and get back on the work on Wednesday, practice hard, and on to Tampa. That's the uh, wide receiver for the Cincinnati Bengals, A.J. Green. Interesting you said that they watched on film and didn't see what they saw tonight. They didn't, see, they didn't play a lot of press as they had watched on film. So, Whether it was, you know, a switch up, a change, an idea, a personnel thing, credit Bob Sutton. Yeah, and it's it's an aspect of this Chiefs team that maybe isn't talked about enough is that the offense could lend help to the defense. And the Chiefs can beat a lot of teams like this with quicksand where if they get out to like a 21-3 lead, for example, the other team starts to become a little bit more one-dimensional, and that's only going to help the defense. That's exactly right. And I think part of the reason the personnel decisions that they made were you know, to try to sure up the run is to try to make teams one-dimensional. And it is. It, it's a, it, it can snowball real quick on teams trying to keep up with this and being a one-dimensional football team. It helps Bob you know, dialing up stuff if the team is more predictable. So that is, you know, it, 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 there's, there's, there's an upside and there's a path to having success on both sides of the football every week.
Bob Sutton, or as I'm going to be calling him the rest of the week, Bobby Defense. <laughs> it's 12-19 in the morning. Uh, we're going to sneak in Tyler and Liberty. Tyler, hang right there. You're going to be our last call of the night. We're also going to hear from uh, the other head coach, Marvin Lewis, if we have time. The other quarterback, Andy Dalton. We'll wrap it up with our fa- final thoughts, as well as what you learned in the Chiefs' 45-10 t- uh, win tonight over the Cincinnati Bengals. The 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Big-time players make big-time plays. 610 Sports Radio. Mahomes, Chase, makes it away. Caught. Kareem Hunt tries to get to the end zone. And he does for a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, I mean you think you're going to have success. Uh, but, uh, I mean, you didn't ex- I didn't expect uh, just this uh, much. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, I knew with the weapons that we had, and I knew if I just ran and did what Coach Reed wanted me to do, that uh, it was a chance that we could be really, really good. And I f- still feel like we're building on that. I mean, we're still missing plays, and uh, hopefully we can keep getting better and better as the season goes on. There's Patrick Mahomes, your quarterback Chiefs fans, after the 45-10 blowout win over the Cincinnati Bengals. Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson, ArrowheadPride.com. I'm Mike Wickett. Glad to have you after the win late night. Going to be on for a few more minutes. Uh, we're going to go back into the locker rooms. But first, want to get to our last caller. Last call of the night brought to you by Lucas Wine and Spirit Superstore with their newest location. Now open just west of Liberty at 152 in Flintlock next to the Best Buy. Let's go to uh, Tyler, who's up in that part of uh, Liberty. What's up, Tyler? You're on 610 Sports Radio. You are our last call, brother. What's up, guys? How are you? All right. I have a quick question for Andy. Point total set at 57. Most of Kansas City betting on the over, and we go for go for it on fourth down there at the end of the game. Why do we not kick that easy field goal to make the whole city happy? <laughs> uh, I I question why they even had Mahomes in the game much less why are they still trying to score. But that's just me. I think that Andy Reid didn't want to pile it on. I don't think he had a bet. It did seem a little bit like it. But Andy had the under. <laughs> he, he just didn't want to continue. They didn't need any more points, and so they ran it. If they score a touchdown, they score a touchdown. If not, the clock comes off, and it's a turnover on downs. But I think at that point, he has too much respect for Marvin Lewis to continue pouring on points in a Belichickian fashion, if you will. Yeah, and they were. I think they ran the ball all but one pass attempt that entire drive too. So it was just. I mean, they're just running the clock out. I don't think it was anything to you know. But the gamblers are upset. And I get that. <laughs> the gamblers <laughs> hey, are upset. Vegas knows. Hey Tyler, thanks for the phone call, man. You were last call. Last call on the show. Brought to you by Lucas Wine and Spirit Superstore with their newest location now open just west of Liberty at Liberty at one fifty two in Flintlock next to the Best Buy. What was the moment that changed the game in your mind? What was the moment that changed the game tonight? Has to be the pick six by Ron Parker. Once that pick six happened, it was game over, you know, and and that was early. What was that? In the third quarter. So mm-hmm. uh, exactly what I wanted. I, I, at halftime, again, you asked me what I wanted. I wanted the Chiefs to dominate the third quarter and make the fourth quarter irrelevant. And what did I say to you when the fourth quarter started? I said, I can't believe we have to wait another quarter to go on the radio because this game is over. (laughs) (laughs) We needed a running clock. Uh, That was your big moment of the game brought to you by Club Skin in Kansas City off of uh, 40 Highway in KC Mo. Uh, Let's go back to the locker room real quick and hear from, uh, you said Chris Jones stepped to the microphone and had some interesting things to say. (laughs) 
That's a pretty awesome outfit for a post-game victory after tonight. You want to go ahead and talk about it there, man? Appreciate it, man. It's just a little dapper, you know. It's more than a little dapper. That's pretty That's pretty oh, fresh. It. I like your compliments. That's great. Uh, what works out on the defensive front? Oh, we just got after it. Um, we knew it was a big game coming off of a loss uh, against uh, New England. And, you know, we um, came out with a lot of fire. We in the jungle as a home game. Fans went crazy, red on red. So there's a lot of excitement. So with that red on red flex on a Sunday night, does that get the juices flowing a little bit more? Oh, man, just being home get the juices flowing. You see how the crowds react, man? It's crazy here at Arrowhead. Chris, was there anything specific you guys were trying to exploit? Um, I won't say that. We were just trying to stop the run, affect the quarterback, do our normal thing on defense, and, you know, get off the field on third down. I know last week didn't go the way you got right, but the week before that, you guys forced five turnovers. Do you feel like you guys are getting a little bit better as the season goes on? Of course. You know, that's what we um, we, we harp ourselves on as a defense, getting better, you know, at things we're not so good at, you know, carrying week in and week out. It's getting pushy out there, right? Was there some frustration on those signs? I'm just saying. Um, you know, we're playing a game that's very physical. You know, it's going to be a little frustration every now and then, but we try to keep it within the means of the game. Chris, Kendall talked a lot about maintaining consistency for this game and how important that is moving forward. How do you guys carry that into Broncos? Um, you know, we look at the, we analyze on film, look at the things we didn't do so well in this game and try to make the corrections for next week. What are those things? Missed well, tackles is something you always can get best at, you know, affect the quarterback. We love hitting the quarterback. We harp on hitting the quarterback and getting off the field on third down. Where's Chris Jones in the locker room? Uh, on the other side of the locker room, I still don't know how this guy continues to keep his job. Uh-oh. But let's check in with Marvin Lewis, the head coach of the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. That was uh, again. I think the you know in the football game like that, when we're going in. We had to do a really good job making first off offensively, making first downs. Uh, and then defensively being able to make the adjustments, be able to tackle, uh, make plays in the open field, and we didn't do a very good job of that. Um, you know, and it just comes down to simple as that. We didn't do a good job of stopping them on third down, getting off the field there in the first half, and, uh, you know, and then being able to sustain the drives on offense. So uh, we didn't play very well. Disappointed with how the defensive players played, in particular the, num- the high number of missed tackles throughout the game. That's what I said. We didn't tackle very well. What would you attribute that to? We didn't tackle very well. Uh oh. Do you think that your players are having trouble understanding that they had some scheme, maybe? No, I don't think there was. Uh, you know, we had some. Uh, couple new guys in there, and at times they probably. I mean, I can't. I can't. You know, I can't make that judgment right here today. Uh, but. You know, we got guys that are the new and, and have to make the right corrections and so forth, adjustments. It was a miscommunication. Did a federal call for a fake punt, maybe? It was a miscommunication. Doesn't sound like a very happy Marvin Lewis in there right now. This is driving the point that I've had home. I mean, you've been here, Chiefs fans. You've had Andy Reid. I remember it was Andy Reid after the Packers Monday night game from a few years back, and he's just not answering any question and saying he's moving on. You are now dealing those type of blows to the opponents. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, guys, let's go around the room. We've got about a minute and 15 seconds left in the show, so we want to make sure we get our final thoughts. What did you learn about the Kansas City Chiefs tonight, Pete Sweeney? I think you're continuing to get confirmation that Patrick Mahomes 
is the MVP favorite, and it really shouldn't be anyone else. I think you'll see him consistently maybe in the top three odds moving forward. And I think you are that team. I, I think that is the biggest thing I take away from the evening is teams are going to have to play nearly a perfect game to beat this offense because it's that damn good. It's historically good. And Patrick Mahomes is the future of the NFL that becomes more and more real every week. Kent, what'd you learn? Patrick Mahomes can't dance. <laughs> That's a, that's a, that's 100% true. He's also the <laughs> runaway favorite to be the MVP of the National Football League, and I can't believe that's happening. That's what you got. That's what Chiefs fans have. Homegrown. That's it, guys. MVP. Okay. All right, go get some rest. Uh, thanks to our producer, Chris, and our staff, whose name I, I don't know any of their names, but thanks to the guys who are cutting up the audio and working hard for us, the grinders. Our pals. For Pete Sweeney, for Ken Swanson, I'm Mike Wicked. Hey, don't forget, we'll be on the air 10 a.m. next Saturday or next Sunday for the Chiefs. And the Denver Broncos at Arrowhead. Final score, 45 to 10. The Chiefs over the Bengals. Have a great night and morning. We'll talk with you next week. This has been the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show on 610 Sports Radio. Coverage continues with articles, pictures, video, and interviews on arrowheadpride.com and 610sports.com. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.